dangling Pizza Hut and TCBY in front of a child in 1990 is basically uh, handing them a crack pipe. <laughs> <laughs>
tons of stars. Like, like we we have actually in the last couple of weeks we've gone through me and her and opened up all, unlocked all the special Kevin stages. So you have to like go through certain levels and get like beyond three stars. You have to like hit a high point total. Like with tips beyond three stars, so me and her have been doing that. I don't think I, I don't think we did. Like Kevin's the dog, right? Yeah, and so yeah. it's like the special ones, and so like oh, man, it, it's great it. because like me and her are like the most locked in and focused. So just the two of us playing, we're coordinating. Like, all right, you do this, you you know, like we're able to do it, and like we're you know failing, failing, and we we excel and get it, and, yeah. and unlock the others. But then when we introduce another player, that that's when it gets chaotic. But like me and her have just kind of been going through and just focusing and like laser. All right, what's the next stage? Let's do it. Let's take it out. I don't think you know, Yeah, the dude, there was. I mean, some of the ladder, ladder game, like three stars, I'd be like, "Fuck off!" <laughs> <laughs> like, fuck off with that. No way. Fuck you. There's no way. Yeah, that's it's. Yeah, I, 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 I thank God that I don't have like that. Cause I am, I am so fucking weird about so many things and so completionisty. I'm surprised that I can go through a game like that and not like. And, and I mean, and I would try. We started, and I tried, but you get to a point, it's like no. Like I can like, I'm <laughs> not gonna like you know this is too frustrating. Like I got to let go of this emotionally <laughs> and ex- and just move on to the next thing and enjoy this. You know, dude. The, so you haven't played. Uh, you haven't gotten to the end of the game yet, then, have you? And not even not if- yet. But like it's fun. Oh, oh that- my god, the last uh, level so fun. Wait, up, you dude. beat? Have you beat it all? You beat? beat I did it, not. Yeah. We, oh, I, you know, without I don't like one. Yeah, one star. We, okay, we okay. Not completion, but yeah, went through the whole game. Oh my god, dude! We like stopped playing. We like got to it, and we're like, "No, fuck off!" No, fuck <laughs> off! And like stopped playing it for months, I think. Yeah, and like just you know got a hair up our ass and picked it back up, and uh, it, you know, with that like finite goal and really grindstoning it, like we got it done. But yeah, oh, dude, it, when you first. <laughs> When you first go through the first time you go through it, you're gonna you're gonna it's gonna blow your mind. It blows your fucking mind because it is like just it's just on a a whole new. <laughs> I mean, you know, think about like by six, you still you've already played some tough shit like that. Have yeah. you done the? Have you got to the the hot air balloon ones yet? Where you oh my go gosh, with, yeah. Oh so my god, those are so terrible. I hate those. Yeah, yeah. So fucking. Yeah, you've played some hard shit. Like, so you know, you've experienced pain and suffering by the time you get to this last <laughs> level, and you and this last level is like, you, uh, it's not human. It's not. It's not. No, you got to be a robot to do this. <laughs> you know, and get through it. Yeah, it, it is amazing how, you know, that again. Like I was talking about with with Jairus at the, at the thing. Like, you know, you would no complaints about the like, oh, biggest fucking, you know. Climb the tallest mountain. She's like, oh, my God, is the end of that game. Like, <laughs> let's go, motherfucker. You want to be a game? You want to play games? Let's play a fucking game, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, nice. Not, yeah, that makes tight. me excited to hear because it's been yeah. – I feel like it's been that way unlocking the Kev- Kevin levels because, you know, it. we struggled kind of like you said, and we just stopped playing because it, it would be like three or four of us trying it and just like, ah, oh, we, we just stopped playing for a while. But then, like, just this me and Zion picked it up happen. later. <laughs> yeah, and, and we would just be able locked in just because – just the two of us, you know? And so, yeah, I can totally see that. Just the grind of, like, some of these levels, like, three stars will be, like, 700 points. And, like, but the what you have to get is, like, 1,100 and I'm like, what? And we just kept getting like 1076, 1076. Like, what do we have? Like, what else can we optimize? And we're like, all right, right yeah. what if we try this? And yep. 
And no, yeah, that's what. Yeah, I love that about it. That like, yeah, you you know, like, s- designing systems and like, you know, that kind of problem, real time problem solving is. I fucking love that shit. So yeah, it's just it's such a good game. It's so good. It's so good. It's such a good Wait, game. so if you beat that, and you never, I'm assuming you did not beat moving out, huh? No, I told you moving out was too sloppy. I hated how. Oh yeah, it was too. You you could not be precise. Like the, it was designed to prohibit you from being precise. You know, like it overcooked is chaos, but the control set or whatever can be mastered and can be executed flawlessly if you execute it flawlessly. Yeah. Moving out is just a shit show. Like they, it's that that loose. You know, I mean, I guess eventually you could opt. You know, everything is is a finite set of yeah. code so you can uh, you can do get to the optimal play but it, yeah moving out is designed to be so much sloppier that like even like you know you complete those levels and like you get all the shit in the truck and it's like everything's like oh just, yeah it's all bouncing just gets it. in and it's like <laughs> oh fine so it's like, even even succeeding in that game didn't make me feel good because of how disorganized it was you know <laughs> so like yeah i was not i did not you know we we played the shit out of that for a while and i you know i enjoyed it but yeah ultimately i couldn't it it, it did not it was did not nearly land as effectively and enjoyably as as Overcooked did. Yeah, uh, Overcooked two definitely a definitely a jam. Definitely continuing to play that. I might go play some more this afternoon. Who knows? <laughs> word word. Uh, yeah. After that, man. <laughs> funny enough, I've been playing a lot of Dig Dug. You know, like like the original. The original. Oh, off that mat, you got download that thing. They were yeah. talking about the uh, on on Cheap Ass Gamer this week. They were talking about. There was a Pac-Man something or other that dropped on Game Pass, and they were talking about it. And it's like, a, I guess you unlock, it's like every Pac-Man game ever, basically. And you unlock uh, you unlock the different ones as you hit achievement fucking tiers in mm. the ones that, you know, whatever. And it's like, I guess it's like some level of chronological progression, you know, through the years of, of the releases and yada, yada, yada. And they were talking about it. And I was thinking maybe perhaps that's what you had downloaded when your parents were home. And I was, I was thinking about No, that. but that sounds exciting. I'd, I'd heard rumors about yeah, that, an amazing I, I, new I, Pac-Man th- jam drop. I bet that, I bet, was it Pac-Land that you really like? That's the one you really like? Yeah. I bet that's in there. I, they, I mean, they like every game's in there, I guess. It's like a lot of, oh, they were Pac-Man, saying there's a lot of obscure yeah. shit else? that's like, oh. they're not even good games. Yada, yada, yada. They're like, Everything. Oh, if Pac-Mania, I think it's Pac-Mania. If, if that's in there, oh, oh, I bet give me is. some. They were talking about it like oh, it was an exhaustive list, I think, of, of Pac-Man titles oh, that you can unlock in it. So, dude. Yeah, it's on yes. Game Pass. So if, Count yeah, me in. If, if you're the kind of player that has Game Pass and plays on Caveman Video Game Machines, you can get that on there. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> if you're the type of person that wants exciting value like this, yes. If you're in retro things, yes, get that. Get that. But yeah, man, a lot of dig dug. It's it's been funny. So this, I yeah, downloaded this as a part of that pack when my parents were here, and it was I forgot. But then I went through and was like, oh yeah, let me download original dig dug, and my, I'm playing it, and my daughter is sitting there like, this music is like this should be the soundtrack of life. Like this should be required nat like world anthem. And I was just like, what? Like she loves the music that much. And I just found myself playing it over and over and over, and I didn't really expect that to happen. And I just looked up and I looked down, looked down at my watch, really, and it said, "I, it's it's been an hour. I've just been jamming on this game." And that's right, it's right through a man. I'll play that fucking cabinet if I see it out in the wild. Every time, <laughs> I'll play it every time. It's so good. Yeah, that, yeah. What, what can I say? It's dig duck. It, 
Yeah, what else is there to say about that? Yeah, um, it's uh, the get, if getting the nailing the rock falling. Mechanic yeah, and like like really getting like doing a, doing a, a long climb up from the bottom and getting a bunch of them following you, and then <laughs> fucking going underneath that rock and darting off. That's so satisfying. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, always yeah. the goal, every yeah. time, always the goal. Like, how can I smash these mofos? Yeah, that's a great game. But yeah, man. Uh, after that. Outside of just some Halo Infinite PvP, as usual, a lot of ESO I've been getting down on. Like, it's, you know, it's it's one of those things that I'm still playing through Elden Ring, haven't beat it yet, but there's so many times that I just hit walls in that game, and because I didn't play that game immediately when everybody else did, like, all my friends who were playing it, who are always like, yeah, hit me up if you if you need help, that I could just, like, message and we could, like beat a boss together or something even though i've gotten super strong to where i can like smash a lot of bosses i didn't expect to on my own now i can't really call on help i I can just kind of ask for random people and i can't really always get that and so it just i just don't want to butt my head into the wall all the time so i just end up like all right i'm stuck on a part right now it's just i guess i'm not playing that for a while so i'm back in the eso and I'm sucked back in for many reasons, as usual. I mean, clearly I played this game for, you know, seven years now. I don't know. I played it hard for, like, three years and kind of, like, vet trials for another year and a half after that and, and just didn't really play it for a while. Been spotty picking it up every now and then. But with all the new content that's, that's out and the way that you can really customize different builds and have them at the ready, like, it's something, something that you could do on PC a long time ago. Long time ago. Could never do it on any of the actual consoles. And being able to do that, and not just not just that, but like you had to be really hardcore as a magical person. You had to be magic of focus. Like you couldn't wear any stamina sets. You couldn't use a hammer or a mace or anything like that. It had to be a staff. Like that's all you could do. But they changed it recently so you could actually do that. So that's last night, dumb. that's not Skyrim's not like that. Skyrim's you can. That's the cool exactly. Thing. That is the thing. That's the thing. Like that's been the thing about ESO. Like for the longest time, it had to be if you wanted to have like the highest DPS, you had to be either all Magicka or all Stamina, and that meant either a staff or well, I guess bow, it makes sense. sword, like hammer, you wanna, mace, if, daggers. I mean, you know, you would need to be if you want to be the best fucking physicist or whatever. You need to be highly specialized. You know, yeah. you need to all your focus needs to be on maximizing your fucking ability at that. So you know, it's kind of <laughs> sensible, but it's a video game also. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it made a lot of sense. And for a while, like years ago, not for a while, definitely years ago, I had, you know, one of the highest DPS around. I was, you know, it was great to kind of carry that around. But now, around. like, clearly that's changed. You know, I don't keep up with it like that anymore. <laughs> you know, I'm not, it's no longer a badge of honor. It's just like, yeah, I played still. But even being able to just kind of quest and. It's like, like Al Horford. Just like, yeah, man. <laughs> I used to be an all-star, but now they just let me hang around, and I hit some buckets every now and again. <laughs> I mean, I can still hit high DPS. Don't get me wrong. I can still qualify for some bad trial to build, you know, guilds. Don't get me wrong. But, like, I was messing around, and I realized that for one of the optimal sets, I only had a two-handed, like, hammer. And I just kind of threw it on because I was just – I was questing with Courtney, and I threw it on my front bar, and I was like, wait a minute. Because I – can switch it up now and i just made set, uh, a brand new set of armor that actually makes both sets work together both magicka and stamina like i was just smashing stuff and it was such a blast like i changed up my like i obviously customized my uh 
my gear so that I look different. And it's just like I'm running around with a hammer. Like I can definitely still use magic, but I can also smash you with this two-handed mace. Like it just a new level of fun unlocked. Like let's go. Get me back in the game, coach. Yeah, like it's just so much fun. Usually in Skyrim, I have the mace of Bolag, which is like the demonic mace you can get. Uh, that's I, I'm pretty sure it's the best mace, and it it soul captures on its own, so you don't have to do the soul capturing fucking shit, you know? Yeah, which is a boring mechanic, so you can always keep your soul shit stocked, and then yeah, one hand of 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 magic. So that's that's usually how I always roll. So yeah, that would have been yet another reason I would have been uh, not fucking into ESO probably <laughs> I mean but that's the way it is honestly in Elden Ring like in my left hand I have my staff which is my main damage causer but I also have this amazing freaking sword so that if you come close like it does it actually also scales off my intelligence also so that's actually the way I play there so the fact that it's you can do that now in ESO with all of its massive customization elsewhere in the way that, you know, you really build the rest of the, your your player around you and the way you want to play. And the fact you can now change it on the fly with these different armory sets so I can, you know, have fun in the open world with a fun, like, that exact hammer build and then just switch it up and do my highest double staff build to jump in a vet trial. It's just, you know, is that exactly what I've always wanted to be able to do in that game. So it, it makes it fun and keeps it fresh. So I'm back in the game. A lot of our people from back in our old guild are playing again in like a new guild. So, you know, uh, you can't argue with friends playing together and like bullshit and smashing in, in Tamriel. <laughs> I, I, I am thrilled to hear that you've unlocked the promised land. Thanks <laughs> <laughs> me, me all warm and fuzzy. <laughs> it was great. It was great. Get in there. I mean, you love Skyrim. Like, I just don't understand. I think you would love it now. I think because you love Skyrim so much, I honestly think if you jumped in this, you would just be like, especially like if you're running with cool people and shit, you'd be like, this is fun as fuck. Like, why you're would prob- I not want you're, to do this? You're probably right. You're probably right. I probably would like it. Don't fight it. Come to the dark side. <laughs> Man, I don't even know that thing. I don't even know what would happen if I turned that thing on. <laughs> <laughs> you have it. You have this amazing technology at your fingertips, Josh. Yeah. <sighs> but yeah, that under the other than that, not a lot of gaming. What about you? Clearly the new walkabout that dropped that you've yeah. already found all the balls on. Like yeah, why first, am I not surprised? T- my first time through. I found all the balls the first time through. Why am I not? All, how all long did that? How long did that round take you? <laughs> uh, I played that first one. Well, I recorded it and the and fucking Facebook it cut it off twenty two minutes in for some like no particular reason. Uh, so oh, I don't wow. know the exact time, but I would guess maybe forty minutes, which is about when I did. Okay. I, I recorded the full Sweetopia first run, and I don't. Think, I think I'm missing one ball. I think I only found seventeen in that case. Whatever the case, though, I was looking for balls the whole time. And kind of just take, <laughs> and just taking it all in, and that one was about forty minutes too. So that's I guess that's that's about the par for the course, Jay, for that kind of activity. Nice. Um, yeah, it's fuck, it's great, dude. It's in line with the, so they they had the the lost cities theming that they've done, which is like Babylon and Shangri La were the first yeah. two, and this is another kind of one of those. It's like cities that are like mythical cities that are you know 
uh, Cities of Lore. And yeah, so this one is, think, Ink and Ruins, which makes me think of Congo, the movie Congo, fun mm. fact. Like, I don't really have a reason for that. I mean, it's <laughs> set, I mean, the reason is obviously that it's set in the Congo, and there's Ink and Ruins and shit they're going through, but... I don't know why, like, there's a lot of other things that involve that setting as well. I don't know why Congo's the one that comes to mind. <laughs> Congo is the first movie I ever went and saw in a theater, like, without parental accompaniment, I guess, is the best way to put it, like, as a teenager. You know, so maybe that's why it's significant to me. But, but was uh, Congo Ink and Ruins? Yeah, they're, they're, it's in, they're in South America, and they're, like, fucking looking like, at the Like, I diamond. do not remember. I remember the name of that movie. I don't remember it, like, oh, was they, they so were the, the the killer The killer apes. It's got the, what's that guy's name? Tim whatever. Tim something or other. He's a great character. I think he just died recently, actually. Oh. But, uh, yeah, they're, like, they there's a one team. There's a team of scientists that go there for this, you know, corporation and then they they lose contact with them so they send another team to because there's belief that there's i think it's because they're supposed to be diamonds they're trying to find these really valuable diamonds and so they send this other team there that's like less has has less moral uh, less of a moral compass and are more fiscally focused mm, so they're like kind naturally. of greedy yeah they're they're they're, they're, the, they're a embodiment of greed basically and they right. go there and they're trying to fucking find these diamonds and they essentially encounter this like killer line of ape or killer breed of ape that is defending these things and yeah these motherfuckers get <laughs> crushed basically by by it's a it's pretty good movie by like popcorn movie standards um, at least i remember it finally it's been a while since i watched it anyhow it's fucking great just like everything Lady coconut is doing this game it's fucking amazing they really like the soundscape is really dialed up for this one so yeah it's set in a it's okay. set in a, a rainforest and there's like you know there's the, there's a subtle like a really subtle tribal music throughout that kind of builds as you go through the thing and then there's of course various rainforest sounds and then what, a really cool thing that I, I liked a lot was you know you're climbing up this you can see behind me kind of like it's like you know it's kind of like it's not a temple or it's not a um, one of those fucking pyramid deals, but it's it's like this, you know, dilapidated ruin, and you're ascending this hill mountain deal the whole time as you go through the holes, and as you like the last the back nine, I would say is when you really start to notice it. As you climb, you can hear the wind picking oh, up. It's like it's like nice. it's like a, it's like a <laughs> subtle gradual build of the wind. Uh, uh, whipping and, and and that was a really cool little immersion touch that I, I liked a lot and I don't think it's been present really previously but I'll put the difficulty between Babylon and Shangri-La as far as like how difficult it was and Babylon, Babylon being the toughest still for sure mm. but there is so I think I've mentioned on here before there the Tethy station the space station is the, the course I hate the most and it, the reason I hate it the most is there's a lot of kind of like you got to catch air, and like I just, it's just such an unpredictable thing, oh, like comparatively wow. to the rest of putt putts. You got to catch air and like bounce things off shit, and like I fucking hate that. It's just a, it's just not reliable, uh, at least not the way I like it to be, and or, or for me, I guess my my, my <laughs> you want skills, precision every time. You want to get exact yeah, yeah, science. My skill, Josh. my skill set, yeah, my skill set does not uh, lend itself to doing well with those with that thing. So I hate that fucking level, and the <laughs> you got to adapt, the, Josh. Growth mindset, man. Right? Come well, on. This, yeah, so they keep twenty twenty two. This yeah, this so this fucking <laughs> course has one. The the what is it? The 
Let's Talk Oculus pod that I listened to. They talked about it before I was able to download it. And on Wednesday, I think they dropped that. And Or no, because the course came out on Thursday. Whatever the case. They were talking about it. And they, they, they mentioned there were Tethy Station vibes in the course. And I was like, oh, what the hell is that? Because we, I've actually joked with them on Twitter and shit about how Tethy Station. They did like a poll of what the worst best stations, our best courses were and shit. And we were talking mad shit about the Tethy Station. <laughs> but so yeah, they mentioned that again in the pod, and I was like, "Oh fuck, that's not good to hear." And then I play through it, and hole twelve is like, I was like, "This is it. This is the fucking Teddy Station fucking hole for sure." You gotta like, <laughs> you gotta like bounce the ball off this little small target, like a over top. There's a, so there's like a I don't know. You start up on one ledge. There's like a ledge down below with all these fucking obstructions and shit, and then another ledge, an elevated ledge, on the other side of that where the pin is, and. The optimal thing to do is bounce it off this this little target in the mess of shit down below and skip all that and just bounce it onto the other platform on the other side of the the, the pit basically. And you know, it's it's not a big fucking thing at all. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, like the second I got there I was like fuck. And, and like and I fuck I sure enough, man, I fuck I stroked out on that hole. So I, I think eight strokes was the limit on that one. So I stroked out, and I, you know, that pissed me off, of course. But I still dropped an even par on my full eighteen. So even with the stroke out, uh, I did pretty well. And there were there were a couple others that had some bounces too, not nearly as precise and 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 frustrating as that one. But yeah, like if you don't make that bounce, it's a shit show down there. Like you got to like, it was so bad, dude. It was, it was, it was it took me like five or six hits just to like get it over up onto the hill where you could then take another sh- an actual shot. Yeah, it was fucking uh, very frustrating. But cool. Yeah, I recorded that. Uh, the recording function cut it off at 22, like I said. But uh, that's on our socials if you have some weird inclination to watch screen cap of me playing putt-putt. And the, <laughs> then the other thing I started playing, I downloaded this game called Area Man Lives. Hmm. And what was – where was the recommendation? I, I never heard of that one. Yeah, I know. It's a, it's a, I think it's an Oculus original and VR original for sure. Because, yeah, it's it like, dude, it's VR when it's done right, when they really embrace what that technology allows you to do in a video game, it is just so fucking next level and so far ahead of these machines, dude. It's like, it is just <laughs> VR developers are playing chess. And all these Neanderthal flat screen developers are playing fucking tiddlywinks, dude. It oh so this gosh. game here we go. Okay, this game this game <laughs> this game incorporates the player's voice and likely the like the best way I've seen yet. You know, so I mentioned like, we talked about that wizard game that was cool that you had some yeah. voice commands and stuff that were really interesting. This one, you are a radio DJ, and it's like a you know it's um. I guess it's it's a little fantastical in a lot of ways, and it's not like the environment is kind of I don't know how to it's I like I don't want to say kitty and dumbed down, but like it's not like it's not a it's not a it's not a DJ simulation really, but you are essentially in a DJ room, DJ booth, right? And you have your microphone, you have a table, you have all these little cartridges that are the recordings of commercials and news broadcasts and all these things you got to pop when you're instructed to by your producer on the other side of this little window that he talks to you through 
and there's records. You got to put the turntable. You got to put the records on and play the records when they're when, when appropriate. And then there's other stuff in the room you got to interact with too. Some uh, time killing things like the guy. There's like pencils stuck all on the ceiling, so you can throw pencils at these at the ceiling. And there's all these so random. <laughs> it's it's such a it, dude. It's so weird and quirky. But again, the voice thing. So you know, it's con- You know, it's like you're on the radio. So there's like you know, the game starts and it's like. You know, the worst thing, I don't know, like, I listen to a lot of fucking Bill's Talk Radio, and they say it on there all the time. It must be, like, Radio 101, the first thing they say to you when you get into radio school or whatever the fuck it is, wherever you get taught to do radio. Like, silence is the worst thing in the universe. Like, talk. Say fucking something. You know? Like, do not let dead air happen. That's the worst possible thing. You know? No matter what it is, just say something, you know? So, like, the game starts, and it's like, they don't give you any... Like, there's no, no warm-up. It's just like, <laughs> go! And it's like, fucking, you know, like, say this shit and, like, do this thing. And, like, you got to do all the... So it's like this multitasking situation where you are you have to talk and, like, stay on task verbally. And you just got to do all the little chores and shit. And there's, like, little the, the, the things you got to do. And you got to record this new thing. So, like, when a record's playing, you, uh, you'll you have to, like, do a... Re- you have to record this new commercial that they have the script for. You got to record that so you can play it later. And, like, you know, all these little multitasking mm. things that you got to do that are, you know... It's, and, again, it's all voice-driven. And then... You gotta like people call in. You gotta take you gotta take calls, and like it's fucking crazy. <laughs> it's fucking crazy how well the voice recognition works. The moment to moment conversations with your producer, with the callers, like there, and then there's so there's so the whole premise of the game is there's this is the area man. He is like some dipshit that's out in the world listening to the station. Who has decided that you, the DJ, who you're like a fill-in DJ too? It's like you're you're taking over. You're like a I don't know a uh, understudy or something. And like the main dude is out, I believe. And so you're you're you you know you're not supposed to be good at this. But this dude out in the town, the little shitty town that you're in, has decided that you are like are some sort of prophet or something, and you are telling him what to do and he's out and he's on some mission that he needs to save someone or do something and he is interpreting the things you do on the radio the things you say the commercials you play the records you play the things you do and talk about dictate to him what he's doing out in the world and like what you can you know clearly you can make him do things that are bad or make him do things that you perceive to be good and like furthering his little fucking, you know, it's just, it's, and you know, you don't really know where it's going exactly. It is very, uh, you, you know, you, I don't understand. Like, you have to like interpret, like, he'll say, like, you'll, you have to look at where he's at. Like, he'll, you know, he'll tell you, you can hear him. He's like, he doesn't have to call into the radio. You can hear him for some, again, there's like some fantastical aspects. And, you know, he'll, say like the situation that he's in mm-hmm. and you have to interpret that and like look around the room and maybe find an object that applies to the situation and would give him an answer to use or talk about or you know, it's just it's so fucking like I said just like a mm. there's just no video game that's ever been made like it it's just, there's just <laughs> nothing there's nothing like it that has ever been made that I know of you know it's on a whole new it's its own fucking thing you know and it's frustrating at times because like if you don't get the thing right 
it just kind of like if, like whatever the next it's a little linear I guess overly linear that I like to see like a little bit more but I mean there's you know again with this play mechanic I, you know how I don't know I, I I don't know what to say what the right thing is there so it's a little linear and like at times like if you don't get the thing right it'll just fucking it'll like kill you essentially and you have to you restart from a previous point you know and you gotta there's a little bit of redundancy that are i should say a lot of redundancy that'll happen because of that sometimes and you gotta like listen to this motherfucker talking like i know that and like i just need to say the thing like Uh so there's like a little bit of frustrating redundancy and that's probably the biggest impediment to me having gotten through it yet but again it's just so fucking um i don't know boundary pushing as far as like what a video game is that it's it's kind of fucking you know um, mind blowing. So, playing that when I'm not frustrated and in between walkabout courses, and then then the occasional demo, and I'm still playing Cities VR. Also, uh, nice. Baby Jesusville is is, <laughs> is cooking along. We just, I, I believe, just not last I played, I believe I started installing bus lines and population eclipsed uh, four digits. I believe is where I'm at on that. So, yeah, it's great. That's that's really good too, dude. Like you got, I think yeah, you got to get that. It's fucking a great game. Nice. Okay, let's talk about GamePro. That is the Alancer Jr. Racing NES cutscene theme bringing us into this hot Game Pro issue. Man. July 1990, $395 US, $495 Canadian. Ninja Turtles exclusive. Let's Fresh go. Fresh the sewers to your Game Boy. As you might assume, you've been if you've been following along, dear listener, this is accompanied by some original TMNT artwork from Sir Francis Mao. And... It's pretty intense, an adjective that's applicable to many, if not most, of the first dozen issues of this this magazine. Like the first year of this magazine, the covers, the cover art is like remember the you know issue five that fucking dude on on tweak mode. Like I don't know, this, <laughs> very, it's a very high octane art style for sure, and yeah. they're they're not breaking from that trend here with with uh, this turtle rendition. All four turtles are burying their teeth in a way that definitely conveys some hostility. Which is appropriate, as they are also yes. brandishing their respective weapons of choice for battle. Nunchaku for Michelangelo, <laughs> size for Raphael, bow staff for Donatello, and we can't see Leonardo's katanas because he's so foregrounded up, but you can rest assured they are there just off frame. Absolutely. Don't disrespect yes. Leonardo, y'all. Uh, I, fuck him, but sure. What? Uh, <laughs> who's my favorite? He was the one when oh, I was what? a kid. Get he was the, the first one I got. Here. He's the my first favorite. one. Those katanas, are you kidding me? He is You're the most down. boring motherfucker by a mile, man. It's weapon. weapon. It's weapon-based. He's Scott Marsden. And they, oh, he, fuck off, man. Fuck Leonardo. You got to be kidding me. I'm saying, me, all Jesus I'm saying Christ. is, on a wep- on a purely weapon basis, I, I want like those bo- swords. I also like the bow staff more, but whatever. Uh, or the that was, the, that was or my the second one. Out. Or the <laughs> Really? Screw I, the size. Like, I don't I'm, know. Those, yeah, those, I, might those give, I might I also fuck Raphael, too. He's my third worst that's definitely donatello i don't know as a kid i might have been michelangelo i am more yeah i have moved towards like donatello yeah 
as as uh, I have matured <laughs> to the minute amount that I maybe have matured. Uh, but they're both great. But the point is, when you were playing your favorite TMNT game as a kid, be it this Game Boy version or likely the arcade, you know, the ones that came to the NES, those... I would would actually say the really shitty, difficult original one, because Jab had that baby, and we played those. Fuck out of it! Dude, give me Turtles 2 through 4, Turtles in Time, those are, like, the best. I haven't even even played those, dude. Like, Hyperstone Host and shit, like, I have not played those games really. They're they're ones that I am very much looking forward to. We're doing them. There's... it's, It's... It's... it is happening. You've you've heard it now, listeners. Whenever Turtles Two comes up, oh Turtles that Two, is the yeah, the, I, I played the shit out of that arcade one, both in the arcade and the and on the NES. I'm saying though, like the the three subsequent ones, yeah, three. I don't even know what three is. Oh. Hyperstone Heist is a Genesis game that is regarded as like one of the better Genesis games, and I've never, I don't think I've ever turned it on. So yeah, oh. I mean, it's there. There's a lot of latter Turtle games that I have heard great things about, and I look forward to hitting for sure. My point is, when you play one of those, it's like you don't really want Raphael because of his his size. You're you're at a disadvantage, but you do. You absolutely want Michelangelo. You absolutely want pretty much all the others. Just not well. Him. That original one. Well, in the in the in the arcade game, they all, which I think is stupid as fuck, all have the same weapon reach, despite oh, it, that's it's all the. Yeah, it's all the. I, all I guess the, for fun purposes, that's great, you know. Uh, I guess it's just it's just for probably for programming balance would be my guess. Yeah, just so they fucking you know, so one because Donatello will be game breaking basically probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for yeah. real. Right, which he is in the so the, yeah because in the first one they are different. They are very different, and and actually I would mm-hmm. say in that one. Raphael is far and away the shittiest, yes, because he is his way yep. tiny. And honestly, Michelangelo also is about the same. It's only maybe a little bit better than obviously the katanas are much longer. But the bow staff, I mean, you know that trick where you can kill fucking Bebop on the top of the steps without even going down is that's all Donatello, you know. So yeah, the 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 bow staff is it's slower, so they do try to balance it a little bit. Yeah. but obviously reach is more important than than that than attack speed, and especially <laughs> in that game. Anyhow, <laughs> no, there, there's a really weird creative choice going on here, which uh, knowing what I know about the differences between the Eastman Laird comic and the cartoon versions of the characters puts this in a really weird limbo between the two. So Leonardo has his cartoon customary blue bandana on, right? Mm-hmm. The other three are all wearing red bandanas, which is what the turtles Whoa. wore in the in the comic. And that... That's right for Raphael in the cartoon, but incorrect for Michelangelo and Donatello, who should be rocking yellow and purple, respectively. And yes, you could make arguments, like maybe you tell me... like Donatello's purple to me. That's I was thinking... That's not purple, that's a maroon. What do you mean purple? Are you look, at, look at his staff. It looks like it has a purple wrap on it. That's why, to me, they both... I just assumed they were purple. It didn't even look different to me. That's I was like, crazy. he's he's purple. That's crazy. Leonardo's blue. They're, they're in different lighting... So the lighting yeah. is hitting the red differently, I think. But yeah, I mean, at at darkest, the darkest shade I think you could call Donatello is a maroon, and it, that's a bit of a stretch, I think. The other two are <laughs> just straight up fucking red. And like, that yes, is... <laughs> there's there's another there's a picture later. The feature in the mag has them in a different deal, and we'll talk about that then. And like, maybe you could call Michelangelo's the yellow there, uh, uh, or the reddish. Yellow, like just a bad hue of of yellow, but I think here mm. it's glaringly apparent that it's not cartoon accurate, which is weird because yes, in the if they if it's either one or the other, like 
you're doing the comics, they should all be red. Mm-hmm. Or you're doing the animated series, they're the individual colors. So, like, it's just, I don't know, it's just a weird limbo to be in as far as creative choices go to me. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Uh, just covered. Just like, oh, who gives a fuck? But I guess it's a topic to be discussed with Ma when we speak to him for an Erdrich's Order interview episode one day, many moons from now. Or maybe a few moons from now. Who knows? I haven't even yeah. tried to reach out to him. I don't think I've even tried to find him. Hopefully he's still kicking, and maybe that's possible. Uh, I, I would, how interesting would it be to talk to an artist, though? I feel like it's like when I talked to Larry uh, Larry Hama, you know, the guy that did all the – he's a Marvel guy and did all mm-hmm. the fucking G.I. Joe things and shit. Like, you know, you ask you ask someone, like a visual artist, about their work, and they're kind of like, I don't know, man. just fucking – you know, <laughs> like what do you, like, what do you want to say? Like I just fucking like, did it. I don't know. <laughs> you know so, like, it's not like necessarily like talking to Howie or or someone who did a bunch of research and shit. They're just like they, you know, some idiot like called they, his office. They gave me a and, picture. Like, so we need some turtle <laughs> shit. Drew these he, guys. Like, yeah, he like spent like nine seconds looking at a comic, maybe, and then just did a thing. You know. <laughs> well, the funny thing about that is like when I looked at this, I originally thought. When when we look at all the other Game Pro issues that we've seen thus far, they do have that crazy high octane vibe, and this to me seemed pretty accurate. You know what I mean? Because again, I viewed Donatello as kind of like pretty purple, and I'm like, okay, you can argue Michelangelo, yeah, maybe style, he's like in a shadow. Is, yeah, I, I think the art and style this is, is like is... very very accurate, which I was impressed with. Instead of like some crazy rendition of them, like, right? Some you know. weird ass. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah. I agree. I think I think he did a good job of emulating. I guess the, you know, the underlying IPs. Like art you style. know, you know, these are the Ninja Turtles. Like, yep. yeah, for sure. Yeah, Got there's it. No, yeah, there's no ambiguity at all. I, I concur. Yeah, it's just that I, I would say, like, you know, like I said, you I think, think maybe were, that was a choice. They were like, let me blend this just to try to catch maybe, everybody. Maybe, you know, who knows? Maybe, perhaps. Yeah, the. I would say, I guess the thing is, I haven't read the comic mm. really at all. I've glanced at the first issue just when I was when I talked to Kevin Eastman. I took a look at it and just wanted to have some familiarity, but yeah, you know, I didn't read the comics or anything, so I don't know. I mean, I, I know it is like a, a, a an in, a, like exponentially grittier portrayal of these characters than the animated series or toys and whatever, or the movies even, but. It is a little weird to me thinking of it from an animated series perspective how hostile they look. They don't look that hostile in the cartoon, you know. They don't get that hostile. They're 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 joking even when they're fighting, you know. They're smart like they're not this mean in the animated series at all. That's true. That's true. The funny thing about that turtle tangent is that you know, because the comic is so much grittier, like I've heard and just seen just in popular culture so many things that have happened in a turtle comics with like people dying and just like oh, yeah. crossing oh, yeah. over with like the power range and other things and like for real battles just like just hearing about it i've, I've been kind of like i almost want to jump in and see but i feel like there's just too much and it's just kind of you know yeah that's the thing know, too like, where was, do you even jump in yeah i have so when i interviewed mark belomo he's this historian that's like collects all these toys and shit and he's written a bunch of books and a bunch of compilations of toy lines and comics shit and like he sent me uh, just a million books after I interviewed him uh shout out to Mark that was cool of you thank you and one of them is the Transformers comic series like all like a I think two two or four books or something like that 
all like basically the whole comic story. And I was like, I just got a hair up my ass like a year or two ago. What? And the same thing, like Transformers was different in the con, you know, like it's dumbed <laughs> down a lot for, as you would expect it to be a cartoon yeah. for kids, but it's dumbed down a lot. Like the comic is there's, it's grittier and realer and they deal in adult shit in there. So like, I knew that about it. And the whole thing, there's a big story about Optimus Prime dying and shit. Like, I'm, I've heard about that. Like, that's a big enough of a thing in the comic series where I've just heard about it, which is, you yeah. know. That that's, happened that, on the show. I remember it was a big thing because yeah. I watched oh, it with yeah, my oh, dad. Yeah. Like, yeah, they, yeah, but again, much, much water, very much yeah. watered down. <laughs> I'm sure. Right. So, yeah, I, I, I got to hit my ass and tried to read it. You know, like, stacked all the books up and, like, I was trying to read them before bed. And like, yeah, I get, like, a couple issues in and you're like, can't do this man <laughs> like it's, just, it's too much it's too much it's too antiquated it's too yeah whatever and like yeah i you know maybe ninja trolls would do that because maybe it is so mature which to my understanding talking to kevin and and what i've heard about it it like it is yeah next level it is not you know it's a it's a it's a they were taking inspiration from like heavy metal and like adult graphic novels and adult adult graphic fucking uh whatever the comics are called the shorter period whatever the fucking yeah. name of it would be like they were taking inspiration from adult oriented storytelling and not at all trying to make like a dc or marvel comic you know so uh maybe it is more intriguing and able to be consumed as an adult but it, there probably is a lot of issues yeah any, anything like that like i've talked about like the silent hill games i don't know why that's the example coming to mind but like you know something with that much lore and work to do to get into it to do it right which i my weird ass can't do i can't just jump in and you know start on fucking game 11 you know and just just like let all the fucking lore go and just play i can't i'm not capable of that for some weird reason so yeah that's why i haven't played silent hill even though i hear it's fucking incredible it's just like it's just too much (laughs) it's just too much that's how that's how i always felt about final fantasy now like As we wrap up our right. side quest, me too, me too, yeah. I'm like, I want to kind of jump into some later ones now. Like, at least I know where all this started. Like, I right. feel like I could jump in now, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'll go from 1 to 7, and then we'll... <laughs> and then 7 to 14. 2's on Super Nintendo. We have the option of 2 on Super Nintendo. We'll, we'll hit it. Mm. So, if you take your mind off the turtles for just a fucking second, please. <laughs> we, we have some other topics touted here on the cover. There's 27 pages of cool new reviews, and they list off Super C, Abadox, Batman, Moonwalker, Cybercore, Alex Kidd in the Shinobi World, and what the fuck is that last one? Alex Kidd in the Shinobi World. I was like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> Same. But yeah, yeah that, that blindsided the shit out of me, so I was looking forward to fucking hitting that. There is a free poster, exclamation, Fancy Star 2 art contest winners, love those, looking forward. Mm. And then we move into the bag, and the inside cover is from Taito for Boundary Pushing NES RPG Dungeon Magic. And this is an awesome live-action photography art of, uh, art, art, whatever, uh, depiction of a snake, sword, potions, cool medieval fantasy shit, etc., etc. And the tagline is, finally, a fantasy role-playing adventure that makes you a part of the action. And that's alluding to the real-time first-person POV view pane in the UI of the game. Definitely the first of that kind of thing on the NES. And we talked about this game. Unfortunately, the game falls way short of entertaining. Due in large part, I would say, to them trying to take that aforementioned revolutionary technological step. Like, that yep. that hardware just couldn't support that real-time fucking, view, you know, first-person view. It just couldn't fucking do it. So, Kudos to them for this artwork. It was, high, like, super attention-grabbing. I immediately, like, before yeah. I remembered it, I was like, oh. Oh, yeah. And then I... Yeah. And then I looked at the screenshots. Yeah. I was like, "No." Mm-mm. Yep, I see. I saw that, and I was like, "Ooh, this is new." <laughs> Which yeah. I didn't say much reading this mag. 
Fortunately. Great marketing. Great marketing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So after that, we have Hudson Soft's two-banger for Zezzy's Kaka getting us to the TOC, and that's still afflicted with the usual cropped artwork. A new Hudson ad for a game I'd never heard of. Mendel Place is the bottom bun on the TOC burger here. And that came out around Christmas of 89, so it's been out for a while, but we have not seen it. So the copy touts nonstop thrills and the hottest graphics around. So hold on to your oh shit bars, gamers. Here we go. <laughs> the the illustration artwork is very anime, which normally isn't my bag, but I kind of dig this. It's edgy, and that's actually what's behind me right now, which is why I put it there. It's kind of cool. And I had to dig it up in the interwebs. It's not an old Jab's Final Fantasy cart library, but I did fire this up. Did you play it, Jay? I did play it, man. It's <laughs> it's such. It's so wacky and unique. It's like a yeah. like a flipboard game with enemies, you know? Like did you I'm assuming you naturally played it too. Yeah, I I played it. It's yeah, I don't know, man. It's like it's like my takeaway and I posted something from this, some of the artwork and maybe a screenshot or some shit. And this one this one like sparked you know, sparked some sh- people some conversation and I, I was I don't know. I was kind of I was taken aback by like the real there were like really fond there was really fond commentary about it. And like when I played it, like it I was like immediately like this is definitely not a good game. Like there's something going on here. There's 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 something going on. Right. Yeah, there's something going on that's like it's not your everyday average 1989 NES game. Like 100%. Like there's something unique and different happening here that is worth talking about. And I couldn't figure. I couldn't figure out what. It was. Like, there's, there's, like, yeah, there's a puzzler element or something that I didn't grasp, and I'd probably need to skim the manual to wrap my head around. I think that's right. part of the problem that there's just there's a complicated system in there that is not intuitive, at least from a modern perspective. And and yeah, I I was almost interested enough to look at a manual, but only almost. <laughs> <laughs> Same. Yeah. Yeah. Same. I I did the same thing. I I made it through several levels. Did you really? Like, I beat the first one. I took the time to beat the first one, and it's weird. Like I I don't I beat it, but I don't under, necessarily understand exactly how I beat it. I don't really. Yeah, know. it's like you have to flip over Play those tiles. Yeah, like certain tiles, but then like you could push the enemies. Like you ended up. I have it. I had to clear the enemies out at the end after flipping the tiles, and so I was interested enough too to almost grab. Same, almost grab instruction manual but i i was like no because it just it it just i i don't know what it is i can describe it like it was it's wacky and interesting and different it had had that generic repetitive yeah it had that generic feel to it like i first of all like i don't like anime normally you know most anime is not my deal and uh, part of that i guess really thinking about it and i don't know if i had this hypothesis before right now but like it part of the problem with anime it all feels a little generic and like the same you know and all then that, that's like it is like that's what the style is is like that one dragon but, ball z look to it and like this is kind of that and i i don't know that just I, it just doesn't do it for me that kind of really and yeah generic is the only adjective i can think that i could see that but like that to me was just lost like because to me you're just playing a board game like you're walking around flipping over tiles and as you get through the later ones, like you have to flip over specific tiles, and you might have to reflip them, but you still have to avoid the enemies and push them yeah. away. So it's it's a lot going on, 
and it was fascinating. You had, you had to choose like, choose the castle you're going to go to and like the enemy. Yeah, so it's like, like uh, or I guess I don't know if that was an enemy. I have no idea. So that's why I feel like if we had the actual <laughs> manual, we, this might all make sense. Right. And so it could be good. It could be it. You know, it's it's fun. But I, I just don't know if I can be that invested in it. it yeah, it's interesting. It's, I think I, with I time, think too, like yeah. if you gave me the manual as a kid and this right. is all I had to play, I think I could work it, work with it. But, right, right. Yeah, I think I, yeah, I think I would could, could be intrigued by it too. But yeah, I mean, yeah, there, yeah, uh, there was a handful of disciples that were like, "Oh, it's a great game! I put the show this game." Like, Fuck, man. No shit. I did not expect that. <laughs> it's just like a hidden game, the the game you don't expect yeah. it to be. You know? Yeah, I mean, yeah, like, it's been out for. Well, like, I guess it's about six months now, so you know we haven't seen it anywhere. Uh, certainly not Nintendo Power, no mention of it. And so, uh, yeah, it's Hudson too. And Hudson and fucking Nintendo were, you know, they were fucking in bed together. They had a lot of. Lot maybe of it didn't. Maybe they were unsure about it. Didn't have much marketing dollars left, and they just put it out there. And then like reviews are so good, they're like, all right, let's, you know, let's tell the money. tell the people, yeah. 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 That's what I mean, though. We haven't seen any reviews. There are no reviews. We read all the mags, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't know EGM, man. I guess, is possible, but there's not really any other fucking magazines that we're not fucking going through here. I'm like, yeah, EGM, we, we definitely need to dig into that. You never know. Uh, well, we're getting, we're working our way to that <laughs> decision slash uh, change, perhaps. So a couple of ads we've seen after that. We have Bandai's Dick Tracy 4-Banger and Jalico's Goal 2-Banger. And they get us to the letter from the Game Pros, or letters from the Game Pros. Or no, it is the letter. Singular is the letter from the editor. I thought the Dick Tracy ad was fucking lying. It says, the the first page of it says June 15th everywhere on the first page. And it's actually you know, like a very cool full-page illustration of Dick in the shadows with his Tommy gun ablaze. And I was like, I looked at the release date for the game. It's like, not out till August. And I was like, what the fuck? What the fuck are they yeah. talking about here? <laughs> <laughs> and then I realized it's this is the movie, this is the wide movie release date. So they're actually advertising the movie with that. Mm, yeah, that makes sense. It all comes together. It all comes together. Disney and their multifaceted marketing campaigns. <laughs> the the Game Pros letter is a love letter to TMNT co-creators Peter Laird and Kevin Eastman, telling the story of how they cooked up the heroes in a half shell. And it's a cool story if you somehow don't already know it. Uh, like I mentioned a few minutes ago, I interviewed Kevin for Batteries Unincluded back in 2014. It's like a 25-minute deal. Posted that on the Faceship page. The link will be in the, in the show notes if you want to check it out, too. And, yeah, it was a really cool conversation. Because, you know, it's – it's especially a situation like that where they kind of parted ways and it was not the most amicable of parting. You get, like – you know, you could, there could be some – and especially because they had recently reconciled, too, at that point. They had there, – there, there was – I think they're on one of the episodes of the – What's it, how did the, how how we made this or that show on Netflix where they go to the yeah toys? yeah the team the and T one yeah. they they got the two of them back together I think I mean it's fucking you know TV so they probably not actually the first time they had seen each other in however long but it was it had the vibes of their like you know trying to get them together to talk about stuff so I think that I think that was relatively the same time window and yeah. you know you could be they could be he could have been a little more like oh, I don't want to talk about that kind of thing you know but he was he was super cool and 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 um, I don't know, open about all the questions I had and shit. It was a cool conversation. After that is a full pager that is everything I get out of bed in the morning or everything I get out of bed for in the morning. It's an ad for a kids club. And in this case, it is Nickelodeon's kids club. So it's July 1990 and I am nine years old. And I want you to know, world, I will join any 
fucking kids club that you have to offer right here, right now, <laughs> without asking a single goddamn question about your operation. And it's, I just fucking, let's go. Like, what do you got? What kind of useless, cheap shit do you want me to pay money for? Right? Like, get me going. Send me a membership card. Is it fucking laminated? Is it fucking laminated? <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, and other other than Disney, like who was there other than Nickelodeon? You're like, yes, Nickelodeon. Yeah, I I would. Can See, I, I didn't can have I, cable, mom so Nickelodeon actually this? meant nothing to me. This I wouldn't have. Oh. Nickelodeon would have literally. Well, no, I knew what. Really? No, oh. that's a lie. Yeah, I knew what. I I didn't have cable. That's true. But I I. Uh, you can't do that on television. Was a show yes. that still like was something I had seen the sliming shit. I want yeah. more of this. Give me more of this. Yes, you know. So yeah, that was absolutely something I was aware of and and somehow caught at other houses. But yeah, I didn't have a day to day exposure to it as a kid. So like the, the actual brand wasn't necessarily something that would have maybe really set me off the rails. Uh, kids dude, I, dude, I didn't either. But like my my grandmother, my aunt did. So whenever my aunt would watch me. Oh, dude, I would watch it. She would just play it for me for hours. That's like so much Nickelodeon in her house. So for me, if I had seen this, oh, I'd be like, please let me let me let get me, down. Let me do it. So so <laughs> let's before we oh let's so let's talk about what this is, and then let's talk about personal sides of this. So this is a this particular kids club has many facets, all predicted or predicated rather on exclusivity, and I think. Uh, this is summed up by the text that they have next to the checkbox at the top of the cutout order form on the page. And it's, it reads exactly, Yes, I want to be a member of the Nick Club for a year and get 12 free issues of Nickelodeon Magazine plus the money-saving Nick Club card for just $9.95. So yes, you pay $9.95 for the membership card, but the magazine is free. It's free. But, but, then you save money when you spend more money on our shitty merch and or buy things from our affiliates. It's an unreal racket if you think about it. So, yes, you get a monthly magazine. And I looked this mag up on archive.org. Did you happen to go this go this? No, this? I did okay. not. <laughs> so I looked up the mag, right? And it appears to have ran all the way until 2011. So this was like, it became a real magazine. And the only problem with this is the first issue on archive.org, anyhow, is summer of 93. So that's quite a ways from July 1990. So I don't know how they passed that delay off, even with the obscene shipping time quotes of that time period, six to eight weeks for anything to get anywhere. <laughs> but that, that's not quite three years. So I'm curious. That's a lot of drumming up business there. Like, right, exactly. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious how they like, you know, I don't know. Do you just not, do you, did they refund them? Do they like, how right? did that? We're, know, we're not going to charge a credit card for three years. Don't worry. <laughs> like, right, 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 right. Well, dude, I mean, most of these, dude, I don't know. Do you remember ordering things back then? You didn't, you didn't you actually use, if, if God forbid right. your parents even had a credit card, they were not letting you write the number down for anything. <laughs> right. My dad, yeah. My dad, I told you, I've told the story on here. My dad still wouldn't put his fucking number, his, his credit card number into Amazon like seven years ago. He was making jab pay for things on his card and just give him cash. <laughs> like you can, you, you can let your, what that, and then what that means is you can let your credit card get stolen for no, 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 like I'm not even going to give you more money. I'm not going to make it worth your while. I'm guessing like, I'm guessing like if a thing is 42 73, I can picture mad Mike flipping off 42 bucks from a fucking money clip. Slapping it down on the table and be like, there's your fucking dough. And not even giving them the 73 cents or the extra dollar to cover. You know? I can totally picture that being the fucking case. Oh, my God. So, yeah. So, you know, uh. yeah, definitely not putting your. So, yeah. So, you're actually sending in this case is you could still send cash for things back then. I don't know if you remember that. You could still put money 
cash money in an envelope and send it to shit like this, and that would be fine. Like sea monkeys. I got sea monkeys right now. The fucking manual things in it. Like you look at the old sea monkey <laughs> things. I remember sending money in envelopes for sea monkey fucking shit. <laughs> you know, like yeah, you fucking put money in envelopes. So uh, are, are we saying then. you could have? conceivably been 14 somebody could have been 14 at the time sent in their 995 and then when they were 17 started receiving <laughs> started Nickelodeon Nickelodeon magazine. Magazine. Yes. like what is this that, that's, <laughs> that is seemingly entirely possible yes so the so the the first issue of the magazine had ren and stimpy on the cover so at least they kicked off oh, some really cool shit hotness. ren and stimpy was another that was i i was just getting like going over my uncles and stuff i remember and had access to nick when yeah. when that was first hitting, and I was definitely watching Red and Stimpy for sure, and Beavis and Butthead also. So the link to that first issue is in the show notes if you want to take a look at that. It's pretty fucking cool, dude. It's like I mean, it's a typical kids mag, like sports, cartoons, various pop culture figures, etc. I mean, the first issue had seventy pages, and not it's, it wasn't seventy pages of Whoa. fluff. It was like seventy pages of sh- content. I loved yeah. kids mags mags as a kid. Oh, dude. Like, yeah, it, sports, give me one. <laughs> sports Illustrated for kids. And yes. hi, even highlights magazine was something I had as a yes. kid. The fucking the the picture hunt. Oh my god! Yep. Every month I'd fucking be just be. Oh, yeah, way into that. Anyway, plus it comes in the mail. That's incredible. <laughs> anyway, it comes in the mail. It's yeah. fucking incredible. It's as like a, kid. a present. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I would have fucking yeah. Exactly. So the membership card is described as a 3D hologram card that will get you special offers or discounts at Universal Studios Florida, Pizza Hut, and TCBY. And that is just fucking diabolic of them. Dangling Pizza Hut and TCBY in front of a child in 1990 is basically uh, handing them a crack pipe. <laughs> yes, anytime yeah. Pizza Hut yeah. is involved, right. sign yeah. me they're, up, they're, please. I bet there are kids, and I am not exaggerating, I bet there are kids that stole $10. <laughs> Literally stole ten dollars from their mom's purse to sign up for this <laughs> to get that fucking membership card for some t- some Pizza Hut and TCBY deals. <laughs> I just can't. I just the idea of it because it's such a great racket. You can such you can easily rationalize this like it's. It, it's just ten bucks, like, and and the the magazine's free, a year right, free right. magazine, oh, yeah. like, yeah. no, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, it's a great deal, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah they are, you know, you think of, yeah, your your idiot child brain can't even like to the yes, this is like the greatest deal ever, like, and it, yeah. it is like as an adult, it's like we've talked about a million times about like marketing fucking firms and shit, the little, you know, <laughs> little manipulations that they will try to do, and like yes, and it, there is no, this is why you know, this is why cigarette makers are advertising to children because it's fucking you, it's easy, <laughs> it's easy, it's easy, it's easy, it's easy. So yeah, this is so manipulative. It's fucking crazy. You know? <laughs> and like, yeah, those three brands, like Universal Studios Florida, like it's like you know, fucking. And there are yeah, there are kids that that appeals to even though they don't live in Florida. Like they want to go to. I want to go to. Universal like I want to go Florida. right now. Right? <laughs> yeah, so that's like that is valuable to me, even though I have no access to Universal Studios of Florida. I want it, so therefore it has value, even yeah. though there is no way to actually apply it to my life. <laughs> like maybe we'll go on vacation there, and right. yes, and I'll have the card, and I'll be able to bust it out and be like, guys, guess what. You know, I'm fucking, look, look at me swoop in, you know, I'm thinking of the family fucking financials here. Look, look, yes. at, the fucking, look at me help out. Let me, look at me help out the fam. Yeah, fucking, fucking great. These are just, everything about them is so fucking great. So yes, this raises the question of whether or not you were in any, whether or not you were a member of any kids clubs as a child that you can recall, Jay. The only kids club that I can remember. So, oh, it was. Oh, darn it. What is the name of it now? It would come on TV. And was it D- Donato's Kids Club? 
Donato's a pizza pizza joint. Yeah, was it called the Donato's Kids Club? I think it was. Like they would we, give you. I don't think we really had Donato's up up in Cleveland. I don't remember seeing. Donato's oh man, yeah. So you would it would come on TV, and on your birthday they would send you a free like individual size pizza. Personal, and, yeah, yeah, personal. And your name pizza. would like flash on like you know. January twenty fourth, and it would be like the kids' names, or like the just the January names, you know. And you're just like, yeah, I'm getting my free thing at at the like on on a commercial, like yeah, just like kids 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 club members, and it was like January birthdays, you know what I mean? And they'd send you a little coupon in the mail for like a free individual pizza to take get from oh Denial's Kids Club was the best. Like I I, I obviously was not a member multiple years, but like when it did happen, it was like the the coolest thing. I can't tell you. That's pretty. That's that's I, that's blows my mind. There's so many things about that. I have so many questions. Like, so you know, it's got it's got to be a local channel where a few enough kids that can. Even yeah. Oh yeah. Like, it was totally know, like yeah. four, six, ten. One of those. <laughs> Jesus yeah. yeah. That's crazy. Okay. Well, I remember signing up for the channel forty three WUAB is what it was called uh, up up where, up under, up around my parts. Uh, the kids club when I was maybe seven or eight. WUAB were the network initials. W U A B. Okay. Okay, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Channel 43 was one of the shitty local UHF channels that did not have a network affiliate. So if you're, oh, old, enough, okay. for, if you're old enough for the <laughs> dial TVs, you had to turn that top dial to you, and then there were all the little the little dial with the big numbers that was like smaller clicks. <laughs> and, oh, man. Yeah, wow. those were, and those were where the bunk channels were. And some, and they're, <laughs> we're going and, way back. Yeah, so like, yeah, it was 3, 5, and 8 were the, were the VHF channels that had, you know, major network affiliates, and then... Uh, the other two, we only had five. We had literally five channels. Like, yeah, until I was maybe, basically in high school, I had five channels, bro. I had five antenna received channels. And yeah, it was three, five, and eight. It was NBC three, ABC five, and CBS eight. And then we had WOIO, channel 19 was the other one. 43, WAB, and channel 19, WOIO. And... Like when Fox started to become a thing, mm-hmm. which which happened in the eighties, Fox wasn't a thing until like yeah. the mid eighties, and like Married with Children shit was what made them pop. And they, uh, like, while I was still a kid, they affiliated with nineteen. So nineteen got an affiliate that was like something of importance. And then it was funny, like I remember it was like a huge transition in like high school. Fox became an affiliate with Channel Eight, so CBS got bumped or something, you know, or or you know, that that's a local decision. So like the channel. The local eight channel like thought Fox was an upgrade, or I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, who knows like switched up. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, it was like such a, like I mean, this is such a you know fucking earth shattering change in your life to have like everything change on your <laughs> TV channels. You know, hilarious. But yeah, so so yeah, uh, channel nineteen WOIO was the other one, and yeah, the forty three would have. 43 was the one that had a lot of the dope-ass after-school syndicated cartoons. Like, Captain Planet was on there, I remember, and fucking... What the fuck else would have been playing then? Like, fucking... Just, I don't know, a whole shit ton of cartoons on there. And then Channel 19 was the one that had Saved by the Bell, so I'll give them some... Okay. They, yeah, they had the shows. They had, like, you know, Head of the Class, Saved by the Bell, like all those fucking all right. syndicated Live-action type. Right, yeah, yeah that, that kids would still be into. Saved by the Bell, obviously, being the best example, but... Nice. Yeah, so I was a member of that kids club. I remember uh, Channel Four, okay. WUAB, but probably some others too. But that's the one that stands out to me. <laughs> WUAB, Donatos, yeah, <laughs> definitely local kids clubs for Def- sure. Definitely like, membership. Do you remember your membership card? Oh, I no, absolutely. Mine was not. the the WUAB one was not laminated, <laughs> <laughs> and not no no hologram either. So 
Wuab was fucking mailing it in Whack. on the membership card shit. <laughs> the mail is next, and their leadoff right in made me chuckle. Good choice for an opener. It is Ken Stover of Gainesville. He's an avid Techno Bowl fan, so he's all right in my book. And Ken has a marital issue. His wife bought him an NES last Christmas, which he had been pleading for for over two years, and he loves it. Don't get him wrong. But he's seen the fire that the Sega Genesis and TurboRack 16 has to offer, and he doesn't know how to break it to her that he already needs to level up his gaming. <laughs> and <laughs> it's, it's so That's real. Great. It's so good and so real, yeah. The the game pros make some tongue-in-cheek suggestions. Buy one and say you want it in a raffle, or buy her one as a gift. But they ultimately settle on honestly, or on honesty, rather, being the best policy. So they tell her just to, you know, come clean about your needs and, and you know. That's the that's the right route, but yeah, pretty pretty good opening letter. Um, you know, you again, I don't know, it's relatability of course and uh, uniqueness, and not just being one of those ones. It's just like, oh my god, your magazine's fucking great. <laughs> you know, it's it's, it's uh, crazy to me too because this is one of those things that even as we started podcasting together a couple of years ago, I had to like really think back in my timeline and remember what happened because I remember getting a Nintendo. But then, and playing all the games that I loved, but at the same time knowing Super Nintendo was coming, and I'm just like, wait a minute, I feel like I was, I definitely played these Super Nintendo games when they came out. So, like, how, when did I ever have a Nintendo? You know, like, the timeline was, like, screwed up in my mind. But it feels like a lot of people felt this, where, like, when you finally got a Nintendo... It was like, guess what? The new hotness is like coming on the way. So it was like, ah, you know. Well, you know, yeah. I mean, and that's it's you know that that's an interesting point in that you know the you know we're talking a jump from Atari to NES is you know the seventies to nineteen eighty five in the U.S. Right. Anyways, so yes, yeah, so you have you know a decade almost of of time between these generations and then yeah nintendo is eight to 16 is the first one where it's you know and it's it's funny too because you let's look at it from a scientific perspective like the exponential growth of technology yada 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 and that's exactly what we're looking at here you know and that uh, the mm-hmm. initial curve is where the real the the, the the bigger jump is right so um well no that's not true but <laughs> the bigger jump is as you go up that's exponential but whatever there's a there's a jump from you know that, that that's happening there and the you know it's it's the first time where it's like a constricted enough window where you can see it <laughs> you can see it coming mm-hmm. and also video games are becoming popular enough where there is worth in that information even being relayed to us you know when atari yeah. was just a gadget you know it wasn't like a video games weren't a thing like nintendo created this thing that was like now a a business an industry and a uh something that people did you know that like yeah. actually was na- like a known renowned enjoyed collective collectively acknowledged activity so you know the the need to or the urge to provide information about fucking future shit coming out is that's a new thing here too so Dude, it's I, it's funny that that is landed on you in that way i mean and the fact that at one point i can't remember what the crazy statistic was but it was like nintendo reached like 90 something percent market market saturation uh, at yeah, some yeah. point and it was just like yeah. Everybody already has one, you know, it was just like, but at that point, like, it just took a while for everybody to get one, but they knew, I mean, we've talked about it before, like the overlap of Mario 3 and Super Mario World happening, being developed at the same time, so it was kind of like, you knew this was coming when you already just got this brand new hotness that just came, you know, so it was like, ah, I know, I'm going to need that, but I love this at the same time, 
mom, when, it's, it's, when can I get that? It's, it's also so funny to me that, yeah, I got my Nintendo Elite too. It's not like I was fucking rocking Nintendo forever before the 16-bit era hit. The and, and I, you know, I had like I feel like even in that very first Nintendo Power issue, the one with Super Mario on the cover, issue 11, I think it was. Like I think there was the Super Mario World like news drop. I think it's in that issue, you know. Mm-hmm. So I had the information, but like I don't know, like I did not. I do not remember having like a oh the six like did not that was not there for me like I did not have an oh. understanding or like an anticipation of or like an excitement about the next I, that was not there for me like I did not get it or something like I don't oh, I know. love that. That cracks me up since I did, and I was just like, oh, the colorful, like, super fabric. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. You know? <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, that is, yeah, I don't have, I just had no, yeah, like, the Genesis hit, like, blindsided the fuck out of me because my buddy had one, and I was just like, you know, I don't, I don't, I wish I could remember the moment. Uh, but, yeah, I, I just remember being over at his house playing those games, and I was like, oh, my God, dude, like, that necessary roughness or whatever the fuck, the hard hit, whatever the fuck, that football game, remember, I just been like, oh, my God. <laughs> Fucking like this is oh, this is on a whole other thing. It's man. like arcade quality. Yeah, it's amazing. Sign, you know, actually, I might have the first time. Come to think of it, I might remember it. I think because uh, Jab's aunt, one of his relatives, had a Genesis. I remember going over there because I just bought. I remember that's also where I I was playing Shadowgate over there too, and I remember they had a Genesis. I remember playing Sonic there, and like holy fuck, dude, Sonic! Oh my god, that's <laughs> that throw the NES away. That's not even fucking... We're not even talking about the same... These can't come from the same planet. <laughs> you know, the difference between Sonic and any NES game. So, actually, maybe that was the first time I ever played. And I do have that memory. is a very distinct one. But tough with timelines, like you said. Anyhow, most of the letters, uh, other than that one, are from elderly, ga- elderly gamers, 30 and over, representing with the rest uh, of them. So, it's like, yeah, there, there was... <laughs> I think was yeah. I think they might have had a call to action for that, where they asked older gamers to write in and, and talk. So they printed a lot of those here, which was kind of you know, just an interesting thing. Because again, that was just a developing thing at the time. Older gamers being into stuff, so it's interesting to hear those stories. So they're pretty good. Pretty good round of letters this month. Oh yeah, I, I love that Mike Zito. <laughs> he was right. There will never be another drought of public interest in video gaming again. We have Twitch. I mean, there you go. People yep. watch other people play now. So, yep. yeah. Grand proclamation, <laughs> yep. Yeah, but that's, you know, that's just like, I don't know, that's like my excitement about fucking the Oculus. Like, if you're into it, like, you know, you self-perpetuate, you try to self-perpetuate the excitement to feed your, <laughs> feed your shit, you know. So, Data East comes in hot in the middle of the mail with a full pager for Allenser's Alan Sir Jr.'s Turbo Racing, which we heard the the track from coming into this segment. And the tagline on this is, the world's first 220-mile-per-hour video game. That's the tagline. And this dropped in March. And it's a phenomenal open-wheel racing sim. Like graphics, music, sim aspects, controls, everything is fucking great in this game. But it's an open-wheel racing sim, and that bores the shit out of me. <laughs> did you, was this, did you jam on this at all? Yeah, I mean, it's it's decent. That's what I can say. I mean, I, I like that they have arrows that tell you which way that you need to turn, so it kind of just, like, helps you, but it just... Otherwise, it's just kind of an okay racer. Like, I just... Yeah. yeah it was just kind of meh. Yeah, these, these force perspective 
again, it's the NES can't do these well, man. And they, all of them like this are just like, ah. Like, even, to me, like, I, I just didn't, I, I would love to see, and I hope I'm wrong, like, a game that we'll play in the future that will, that I'll enjoy that's a racing game. Because to me, the only game that comes to mind as, like, a true racer game that I absolutely loved was Top Gear 3000. Like, until that comes out in the Super Nintendo era, I just don't know that I've enjoyed another racer. You know, out of outside of Pole Position 2 for the Atari 7800, <laughs> you know, like, they're just kind of variations of the same to me. Yep. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I, I concur. The, you know, the first one I can think of, of that, you know, I kind of like that first rad. I was kind of impressed by the first rad racer for being on the NES, I guess. I kind of had fun playing that. If I had that again, like that's the situation I could see back then. If I had that game, right? I, yeah, yeah, especially I'd back then. Play sure. all through. If you could look at it from that you context. Know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, but the first one I could think of, like remembering fondly at the time, that's like that behind, you know, going into the thing kind of view, is Road Rash for for Genesis, the motorcycle okay. beat 'em up one, which I think I <laughs> I don't know. They're they're a little clunky now, so I don't know. Maybe one of the latter ones will be the first one's probably a little. Ugh. Uh, slow and clunky to, to really grab you. But I, I, I bet by one of them, I bet you'll be like, yeah, this is pretty fucking fun, man. The Because the, the bikers have personalities that you have and you're beating the shit out of each other. The the bikes have a pretty good progression tree and stuff. And like that, that you can like see the fucking rear view mirrors of the bikers come. It's in the cops. Mm. You can get pulled over by the cops. It's like, there's like, there's, <laughs> oh, there's like the other bikers talk shit to you as they go. Like it's, it's pretty it's a pretty fun built out little story world for a racer. So it's just, yeah, there's enough going on around the simple mechanic of the racing that, you know, you can only have so much nuance with a D pad and a 16 or eight, even of course, eight bit yeah. processor. There's only so much like the, yeah, racing is about nuance. Like the, the interesting, like the mechanic of racing to be interesting needs to have like really, really minute nuance because you're yeah. obviously the turns need to be different. You can't like the thing is with these old racers, like, I said this with Rat Racer. You can kind of learn to like every turn is the same. You learn to like how far do I, how far and where mm. on the D pad do I push on every turn? And like you're just trying to replicate that because every turn is the same because there's not that much variance to it, you know. When obviously you get more variance and then it becomes more difficult, more in turn, more interesting. So, but are you, are you interested in racers nowadays, like current racing games? No, no. I know no, you yeah. haven't really messed with no, Forza yeah. and stuff. No, yeah. I mean, I the classics. Yeah, I don't. Think, yeah, it's just not. <sighs> I don't know. All right. Milton Bradley throws a couple full pages at us after that. And then the, or rather, the first is for recent ISOH game epilum. Captain Skyhawk. <sighs> hit him high with Captain Skyhawk. Take the flight out of your life with the ultimate air combat game. And I want to ask you, Jay, was Captain Skyhawk the flight of your life? Josh. <laughs> Absolutely not. Next. Next game. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fair. So this is a, how do you say, marketing campaign, as the second ad headline is, hit them low with Cabal. Cabal? Yeah. Get down and dirty in the toughest war game around. So they're like, they're themed. The two ads are themed together. Hit them high, hit them low. And this second game, this is a new one that hit in June and is a land-based military op of some kind. And they round out the marketing campaign there with, with the Milton Bradley logo in the bottom right and yet another tagline, no games hit harder. So it's, you know. Spent a lot of time like on this it. one. Spent a lot like of time it. on this campaign. So yeah, so so Cabal or Cabal, whatever the fuck is, how are you, Cabal? I guess Cabal, Cabal yeah. what it is. Yeah, never Cabal. played it before or even heard of it. What about you? 
I don't think I'd ever heard of it before. Like, it sounds familiar, but I know affinity. Like, when I picked it up, I de- definitely do not ever remember playing it. Yeah, I know. Me either. And I did that. And I spotted Rare, did the programming in the opening League Lease card, and I'm a yeah. fucking fan. So, you know, that right <laughs> yeah. there, you're like, okay, I'm listening. Just like with Captain Skyhawk, like, okay, what do you got? Like, I know you guys do good work. Show me mm-hmm. what you got. And so, yeah, you go from that. The title and, and, and high score pixel art screens are fucking amazing. Yeah. <laughs> like that crimson red sky and jungle silhouette and the skull animation over blue fire. And then you cut to the grenade bullet dog tag background on the high score list. Like Rare was already doing... Like, they were so good <laughs> at video game programming already in 1990, you know? Like, so far ahead, again, kind of go back to that fucking analogy I had and, and the, what we're jamming. Like, they were fucking playing chess, and a lot of these fucking other... Irem was playing fucking Tillywings, <laughs> you know? Like, they're so fucking good. And, yeah, man, this game is fucking nuts. Like, Rare is crazy, dude. Rare is fucking crazy. Like, those guys, did, oh, they were crazy as fuck. This, like... I know we both landed on no blessing for Captain Skyhawk... But I think we both admitted at the time it was experimental and crazy as fuck. And this is absolutely the same. Like, Milton Bradley must have just been, like, when they contracted them for these, contracted Rare for these two games, they must have just been like, I don't know if, you know, Rare had the fucking clout to demand this. We're like, you're not telling me shit. Like, I'm going to, you're going to give me money. And three months from now, I'm going to come back and I'm going to give you a game and fuck you. Or that's it. <laughs> you know, it's going to yeah, be the hottest had, and that is what it is. <laughs> right, yeah. They must have had that level of creative control in this because, yeah, they, they, you know, this game is, I don't even know, I've never, there's nothing else like it on the system I've ever, you know, this is crazy. You're a soldier on foot, and you start just behind a wall fortification across most of the horizontal width of the screen, yeah. at the bottom there. And at first, you have just grenades, but you can get a gun and other weapons and pickups and shit as you as you kill things. But you, you play from behind the wall, you don't ever go past it until you're going to the next stage, it's just like a... A cutscene animation almost. And the wall is slowly shot down by the soldiers and tanks that are out by, beyond it. So you, you know, gradually lose your cover, right? And mm-hmm. you have to take down a nonstop onslaught of enemies while avoiding their return fire in like this also kind of forced perspective thing, you know? And you are both controlling your dude who can roll side to side in addition to running, as well as a crosshair for your attack fire. Mm-hmm. And it's fucking bonkers, man. It's yeah. fucking bonkers trying to control <laughs> these two things at the same time. It's like, it's like it's you know, and the weird thing is, in typical rare fashion, I think, it's hard at first, but I did improve in the few attempts it took me to clear the first stage, which is, you know, that's all I played. But, like, mm-hmm. I got better at it. In the few times, and I wanted to kind of Captain Skyhawk. I was like, this is fucked up at first, but like, this is fucking, I'm, this is different. Let me, let me see what's going on here, you know? And yeah, I mean, dude, fucking, <laughs> like, I don't know, maybe five, six tries it took me to get out of that first level. And when that happens, your, your, your soldier dude goes absolutely ape shit. He like starts waving his hands in celebration as he runs towards the horizon to the next area. And yeah, it's like a very fun kind of juxtaposing the, very serious war themes uh, in the game, and, and yeah, man, I like I I don't know if it's a good game, but it is <laughs> it is it is inarguably interesting, you know. Yeah, kind of like with Mendel Palace. It's like I don't know if I I, I probably don't want to play this, but I you have my attention. <laughs> like I'll if you can explain to me how to get good at it, I might want to. <laughs> yeah, you it's know? it's a funny, interesting. War game with fun sprite work. Like I, I was digging it. I just 
same. I would have to get a better handle on the controls. I also made it through the first stage after, you know, figuring out like, all right, I got to, I got to roll. I got to dodge. I got to yeah. throw the bombs, you know, like it, it took a while to get used to that, but I would need to look at the actual controls and say like, is, is there, am I missing yeah. something here? Like, how can I better, you know, is it just me taking t- more time to get used to it? Right. But it could be fun, but it's, it's, I can't tell, you know, yeah. Yeah. but I was yeah, having it, fun enough dealing with it. Yeah, that like the yeah the cross it's got kind of and it's like it, it if you think about it, it's smart, but the crosshairs kind of have like this delayed react and like that's that's a big part of what you have to get used to is like there's a delayed and they're sh- you know you like you they're trying to balance these again this bonkers combination of two things you're dealing with you're yeah. controlling two sprites essentially with the same D pad that's crazy as fuck <laughs> <laughs> so like yeah. so they're trying to like make that dependable in some way or calculable and, and and like you know you can run a little bit without changing your crosshair so you can still you can kind of move side to side yeah. and do the dodging you need to do and the rolling and stuff without necessarily totally throwing your crosshair where you're trying to shoot off what you're trying to shoot you know so it's it's a it's a smart attempt to make that all work i i'm curious to know if that yeah it, it ever really gets there and the ad has screenshots showing submarines and jet fighters yeah. being battled and shit so there's a bunch of there's some variance in the like you're not just killing those soldiers and then one tank rolling back and forth like it it changes and progresses you through the game so that's also like skyhawk and, and or one of the appealing things i like about skyhawk was the the variance that's in the game so in the gameplay rather so yeah i don't know if it's super fucking interesting and i another kind of i'm surprised i guess maybe that that just like with skyhawk that i, I didn't have more exposure slash awareness right. of it, you know, because it is so different. And it says it says like you can play with a buddy, so maybe I don't know, maybe with two people it's easier. Like I don't, I don't oh, know. I didn't I, even notice that. That might how. be fucking fun, dude. Two players <laughs> that. that might be really fun. It could be. It, is, it could make things a lot easier, you know. Right, exactly. Yeah, I'm curious, as you always are with those two player things. Like, does it scale or does it not scale? Difficulty mm-hmm. slash enemy sprite wise, you know, because if it doesn't, yeah, holy fuck, that's a huge help because. It is, yeah. I mean, like I said, the the enemy thing, like you, yeah, we didn't mention it, but the like, yeah, the you, you, there's not like a, a number. At least I don't think there's like a meter that you have to fill up that fills up as you kill things, which I guess su- suggests that there's got to be it's got to be a number based thing, of course. Uh, right. So maybe it is just a number you have to kill. I don't know, but uh, you know, it's not. It's not like they're all on the screen when you start and you just mm-hmm. kill all them and move on. It's like shit just keeps coming until that meter's full however that's calculated so it's yeah it's a lot like it's that first level kill a bunch of things roll through the next part kill a bunch more things roll through roll forward yeah yeah it was not i mean yeah i mean like a a successful not dying and having to restart getting to that first stage still took probably i don't know it's hard to not be hyperbolic with these estimates but you know (laughs) a couple minutes probably for the first stage like that's i can get to the first stage of ninja gaiden in less time i think you know so Uh, that's I think that says something, you know. Yeah, it's not not easy for sure. Yeah, two players can make it a lot lot more fun, a lot more interesting though. Huh. The cutting edge now and the whiz is here to drop some knowledge on us about the super cartridge. And the company <laughs> making this is Color Dreams, which is a really shitty game company developer for the NES. They made that baby boomer game. If you oh, recall. Very sus. Yeah, yeah that yeah, immediately yeah, very, makes them sus. Yeah, very <laughs> sus. Yeah, when you're yeah, you're controlling the fucking baby just back and crawling back and forth. That was such a bad game. I can't recall <laughs> that. 
The Super Cartridge is a game cart board with a built-in 8-bit microprocessor that pairs up with the NES's native 8-bit processor to theoretically arrive at 16 bits in the same shitty way the Atari Jaguar paired up two half-assed 32-bit processors and tried to pass itself off as a 64-bit machine, if you recall that story from gaming lore. So the Wiz goes on to explain all the ways in which it allows the NES to function at a higher capacity while still being level-headed that it's still never going to hold a candle to the genesis of TurboGrafx and like actual 16-bit machines. And I do agree that some of this shit sounds cool, like expanded color palettes, insanely higher, near CD quality, supposedly sound quality output, a larger sprites are possible, and all this is expected probably <laughs> for a price point of 60 to 75 per game which yeah, again it's so funny. come on yeah there's the 59.99 maybe this is what i was looking at <laughs> was a uh, fucking color what the fuck's the name it's color color dreams yeah oh maybe i was looking God. at their shit in the nes aisle that's where that's coming from the games said to be coming down the pipe are headlined by a licensing of hellraiser and yes we're talking about the pinhead hellraiser horror franchise and a, also a port of an Amiga arcade title called Stormlords. And looking these up, I couldn't find either one of these games on the NES. I think that they never happened, and Colored Dreams was full of shit, which is very, very believable. <laughs> I could not find anything about Super Cartridge myself when I looked. Yeah. And to me, like, there. it just, it sounds just like another cash grab by a third party to try to, like, hey, cash in. Like, right. there's so many of these things at the time. It's kind of like, you know. Just, one Just like there were for the Game Boy, so yeah. many add-ins, like, try to, obviously we'll talk about Color Boy, like, real ones and things like that, but all these other ones that you just kind of attach, like, <laughs> right. they might ra- they might work, they might suck, you right, know, right, right. they might never come out at all, and somebody was just trying to make it work. Yeah, and you have to, it's questionable whether Game Pro took money to have this editorial piece or not, it's, yeah, that's kind of my take on it as well. Oh, man. <laughs> the, dude, yeah. the, 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 there's... In the uh, write-up, there's a title screen-esque pixel art rendition of Pinhead and some Hellraiser title treatment shit happening here. So, like... It looks real. Least, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, there's at least, like, I don't know. I guess it, I guess it's not hard to make pixel art. It doesn't mean there's a game after it. <laughs> so, but, you know, they got that far, so it's not it like... like they were working on something. Right? <laughs> like, <laughs> trying to cook something up, yeah. doesn't even look... I wouldn't say it even look, looks particularly great, like the... The artwork, I mean, like it's not bad, but it's not, yeah. you know, Batman definitely has slicker pixel art in it. And like, if the whole pitch of this is that it like changes the game on your NES, like I, I don't see that there in that artwork. So, to me, I would have to know, like, and maybe I just re- misread it, but the way I took this is it's almost like one of those. I think it's like a Game Boy attachment where you like stick it in your Nintendo, you stick your game in, and it just like enhances it. So I was. I, no, no, I read no. This this, whole... These are these are these are car, there's like a type of like the games come on a car, this new cart like the the board inside the cartridge of the game. Oh no wonder it didn't come out then because I I I even misread this whole thing then because I thought this was going to be like, <laughs> like an attachment. You're like using attachment? this, yeah. yeah. Like I want to see the comparison between normal Hellraiser and now the boosted Hellraiser. Like if you're uh, just no, 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 making yeah. extra, like oh whatever. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, these are yeah, these are supposedly game cartridges that are like operating at a whole new wavelength. Well, then to me that was even less clear cuz I <laughs> <laughs> uh, From no there we get five pages of ad action that gets us to hot at the arcades and this is a bunch of Vic Tokai shit that we've seen. 
but uh, the ads, I mean, but also our very first glimmer of Sega Genesis action that's in the mag here, or in this issue rather, a company called Tr- company called Trico's full pager for Atomic Robo Kid, and it's a side-scrolling arcade shooter of the flying variety. Dropped some nondescript or dropped at some nondescript time in 1990, so it's fair game, and it probably sucks, but I wasn't familiar. So I fired it up, and I wasn't wrong, or I was wrong, rather. It wasn't new. I had the ROM, had played it, and yeah, fuck this game. You like this game? You were shaking your head in excitement? You like this game? Yes, Josh. What What, what are you... I, I don't understand. But are, are we talking about the same game? I'm talking about Atomic Robo Kid from Treco. That is the game I'm talking about. It, it's a <laughs> Genesis game um, where you're flying around in like it. a robot, but it's a flying shooter, and... Yeah, man, I enjoyed this way more than expected. Like, I actually gave it a couple tries at first. I'm like, what is happening here? <laughs> I, obviously, you're, like, leveling up weapons. You're getting different weapons. Like, I, I don't know. It's one of those games that the kids crowded around and were watching me play and were fascinated, too. And it just, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm surprised that you don't like it, honestly. This is, at, this is at the arcade? You mean this was an arcade game? No, I mean, just, like, when I booted it oh. up. Like, oh. yeah. Oh, like, you're kidding. No, okay. Yeah. I thought you were smiling. When you were a kid, kids crowded around you then. No, 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 no. <laughs> I mean, kids like, my kids. Now. Copy that. Yeah, yeah. Just because okay. they were so <laughs> fascinated. And, like, we were talking through strat- strategies of how to get through certain places, like, with the different weapons that I was picking up. Like, it's... I, I don't know, man. I, I don't know how much you played it before, but this... Very, well, I fired it up fun. again. Like, that's how I knew that. I was like, oh, I did have the ROM. And yeah. Yeah, so the... Yeah, I don't know, man. I didn't play too long. <laughs> yeah, so maybe yeah, not not experiencing the the upgrade tree maybe that's what soured me on it but yeah i didn't i didn't do it for me <sighs> the arcade highlights are all sega as well we have shadow dancer and eswat and shadow dancer is the new shinobi joint and this time they've added a dog companion for musashi and i like dogs so okay i'm listening <laughs> and eswat is what you'd expect it's some tactical cop shit that eh. and yep. I don't think, well, I don't think, I know for a fact I didn't ever play either one of them, or I'm not even sure I've seen them. I suppose I probably saw them, but didn't attract my attention enough to even think about playing. Yeah, none of them, none of them are memorable. They yeah. they look like what I, you'd expect from Sega Arcades. Like, if I'd seen them, like, yeah, I'd probably play, probably sure. play Shadow Dancer, you know. If I yeah, no, it's funny, yeah, like, sure. I, <laughs> yeah, we talked about it, obviously, with the, with the Revenge of Shinobi episode, plenty, I'm sure, I don't recall every word of the fucking who knows how long that episode was, but the... <laughs> You know, I didn't. I missed that Shinobi boat entirely. So, seeing them in arcade would have done nothing for me. Like, no, you know, not conjuring anything for me. Now that I've done that Revenge of Shinobi thing and had that dive into it, like seeing one of these in the arcade now probably would make me like, oh, I'll try the arcade one now, just because of that level of, of yeah. familiarity. You know, so uh, I'm sure. I mean, you know, say it was fucking fantastic arcade developers. I'm sure. Oh yeah, it's fucking incredible. You know. By Shinobi standards. <laughs> Shinobi, game, Shinobi gameplay style standards, I mean. And for that, Vic Tokai just won't fucking go away as they next drop a new Game Boy accessory, the Light Boy, on us with one of the creepiest ads I've seen in one of these mags. It is a kid in the back of his family station's, family's station wagon driving on the highway at night, playing his Game Boy, which requires this device to light up that shitty screen devoid of any backlighting, of course. And that's all fine and dandy. Light... Like, the thing even looks like it might work all right. Like, the device looks like it, whatever. 
But the kid looks like a deranged marionette doll, and it's going to give, <laughs> it's going to give me fucking nightmares. <laughs> it does, though. Yeah, it, yeah, does. it looks like a fucking, yeah, it looks like a fucking, he'd be in a goddamn Insidious movie or something. Man. It's fucking terrifying. Like, why? Like, take take the game away immediately. What are you What are you scheming? Is, yeah, that kid is not coping well with that. Get it out of his hands. And get him fucking buckled up and keep an eye on him. <laughs> like, like, why is he like in the trunk part yeah, of, the, yeah, of the Volkswagen? Just roaming, just like, roaming around. Yeah, that is that. Actually, I didn't even think of that. That's so nineteen on the highway. Yeah, like, no. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're on a fucking highway. Yeah, the fucking California. Yeah, that. Yeah, it's so. Uh, I don't know. Just late eighties, nineties. Like no regard. You know, like fucking. You fucking get banged around back there. Like, <laughs> kids are malleable. They bounce like fucking. If you, you either make it or you don't, you know? Like, we fucking will find out. We'll find out whether you got the the genes to make it work. You know, you're fucking Darwinistic as fuck. Like, even with your own, even with your own child tribe, just like, eh, the ones that are supposed to make it will. <laughs> oh, man. The yeah, funny thing yeah. about this, uh, minus being in all the way in the, the back back. Is that I 100% had a light boy in the backseat of my parents' car on long family drives. 100%. And it was just like a lifesaver. This exact one? This exact, like... I think it was this exact... Because I was thinking, I'm like, was it a different brand? Yeah, exactly. There was definitely more than one. Exactly, yeah. There were so many of these. I had one that was like... uh, it was gray, and it slid over the top. And I remember that being stupid as fuck, because you couldn't change the game with it on it. And that was so dumb to me. But... The it slid oh. over the top and it was it was pretty sleek. It was it was you know, the, the most of the frame was just big. It covered like the top half of mm-hmm. the Game Boy, and it was just you know just like some plastic framing. And then on the back, it had its own battery area that however many batteries it took. And the actual light was like a, it had a little arm that like swung out and you could move around and change and it had like you know it looked kind of like a little reading light that might be might go on an iPad or something now you know mm-hmm. so it was actually pretty uh, not big and fucking clunky and shit like this looks way bigger and jab had one jab had one of those things dude it was insane do you remember these it was like it was like a fucking robot that you like set your Game Boy down into, and it was like a whole contraption that like you set it down in there, and you put this plate over top of it, and it was like I mean the thing was like four times the size of a Game Boy, and it, like <laughs> you put this plate over top of it that magnified the screen, and it had a light on it, and then it also had like a joystick and buttons you push that turned it into like an arcade machine, like it, it like totally defeated what? the purpose. Like, the, the whole point of a Game Boy was like portability and like being yeah. able to play it, and like it totally just like negated that. <laughs> that was his i remember that was his and it looked i don't know i i almost you know no pity for jab but <laughs> the i almost remember feeling kind of bad for him that that was his game boy light <laughs> definitely did not have a beast like that i feel like mine might have been an off brand like a different diversion like i think mine was also gray but maybe the light wasn't as great so i i can't remember though like it was so long ago but i feel okay. like when i saw this i remember thinking like oh i had a light boy but wait did mine look just like that one. i'm okay. not sure yeah, when yeah, when you told me that you were with certainty that you had a light boy, I was like, this exact one, really? That seems crazy because I, you know, dude, I was dialed into the Game Boy and like accessories, <laughs> like yeah, I mean, I had the battery pack, I had that sweet ass black shoulder bag case, I had the fucking this little light, like I had all, you know, I had, I was I was looking at how I had the I had the purple belt loop fucking 
case too. Like I, you know, I had all the fucking accessories, so I, I was dialed into what was available accessory-wise for the Game Boy, and I, I'd never seen this before. You know, I think I may have had this, but it was it was definitely like years later. I definitely didn't have it. <laughs> Clearly, at this time, maybe maybe three years later or so. But you definitely needed a light because that fucking thing was useless the second you oh, got man. out of like your living room, basically. <laughs> and that was the thing. I wanted it for the long car ride, so it was like yep. sweet. But then as soon as the light went down, I was like, ah, I can't yeah. play it anymore. Hold, yeah, hold, holding it up, right? Like, I, I, like just le- leaning out the window, yeah. hoping like, for like, like some you know, other like that, cars. That, yeah, learning literally <laughs> learning the timing of the street lights passing by as and like learn and like learning to like stay in you know <laughs> like stay in like as the as each one comes and then re, like a typewriter like resetting when the new light's going to come through the <laughs> uh. anything to get your fucking game boy game on chapter 11 of the adventures of game pro gets us back on track after that and francis mao is spinning us through the realm of tecmo world wrestling with this installment and it's still better than Esther. and next yep. up is the psycho fox realm the sms game Next issue. And that's really all I have to say about this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Not great, but not as bad as Nestor. And we have also a two-banger for the Atari Lynx after that. And it is eerily reminiscent of the multi-page Genesis ads we've been seeing. Is it It not? really is. Yeah. yeah it's very like, similar. But I feel like it works, too. Like in the, oh, yeah. With just the popping white background. Like, yep. here's our new hotness. For like, sure. I wonder, if I, it's the, I wonder if it's the same exact marketing firm you know probably Dude, it, it might be like the fact that you can this says you could link up up to eight players at a time like color graphics i still wonder why it wasn't this su- success like was it just the atari name like because you think color yeah. at the time like this just I, I it may i might have to make it my mission to like find one of these you know and just if can i can be find done. one in the wild this, this is actually i think Ugh. is it this one i think it is this one like this is this is uh i think i've heard like Jeremy Parrish talking about it or something on Retronauts they talk about it. It's always the one they use, I think, for the example. Like, like if you want, like if you want to go down like some retro gaming tangent, like you just want to like a starter set, you know, like someone who wants to get the complete library of something, you know, this is one. I think the Atari Lynx is one that's considered to be both because it's Atari, so you know they manufactured over manufactured, so like the number available is enough for it to be plausible and it's a not enough it's only like 72 games or something i don't know why i think that number exactly but i'm thinking that exact number 70 ish games or something like that and there's enough of each one of them out there that they're easy to find and in turn not prohibitively expensive like collecting mm. a full library can be for most systems you know so i've heard this one is very collectible basically so if you want to do that this really? is the one maybe to even to, if, if it already piques you uh, i would have thought i would that. Would have been the exact opposite, so that makes me excited. No, dude, yeah, Atari, dude. fucking Atari, bro. They fucking just cannot. I mean, the old ones, yeah, but like the links, just you know. I, I mean, I'm sure. It... I'm sure it's not like collecting fucking Atari 2600 games or anything. <laughs> I, 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 I'm pretty sure this one is is fairly right uh, doable. You know, yeah. I mean, with the benefit of hindsight, I still don't fucking want one of these, but I can see how a kid and yes, the ever so brief time period that this was the only color screen handheld prior to the game gear dropping that yeah. you know might have been like oh my god yeah yes let me give me that you same you know same thing i was just talking about with the genesis versus the nintendo it was just like yeah. this is not why we they're not why are you even talking to me about that <laughs> <laughs> like why is this even a conversation when this exists you know yeah we're you're this is stupid <laughs> yeah yeah and yeah and also going back to the ad campaign thing too like i find it entirely plausible that atari would voluntarily hire the same ad agency and agree to copycat 
the ads of Sega at the time. You know, that's that's so just in Atari's wheelhouse. Like those are working. Like yeah, yeah be- better techno better technology than what's out there. Yep, yeah, let's, yep, let's do that. Yeah, just yeah, let's do that exact yeah. thing. Yeah, that's fucking yeah. Atari Atari to a T. Casting X on the NES's title screen theme. And we are now blasting into the NES Pro Views, where we start with a three-banger on ISOH Game Up Alum Super C. And the final boss screenshot is flipped backwards on the horizontal axis, a myriad of it, basically. The boss is on the left side of the screen, and everything in Super C moves left to right. So that is wrong, and that is the biggest, <laughs> biggest takeaway I had of that little feature the msrp <laughs> is 43.95 which is crazy to me <laughs> it doesn't Such fucking an expensive make... game <laughs> it's not expensive it's fucking it's 20 dollars cheaper than it's supposed to be in my mind oh. i'm telling you your, your sense of your sense of video game prices <laughs> at the time are so off dude like 43.95 i don't know yeah i guess the genesis <laughs> gate it, we're, you know where you get to the gen well the few that sega actually bothers to give us the msrp on which is rare uh, but the Turbo Graphics. In fact, I think the second ones might not even be in here. I think the Turbo Graphics ones gives give some context to what they're charging for the 16 bidders. Mm. And yeah, there those get pretty fucking pricey. Those are even more than 60 bucks, 70 bucks in some cases. It seems astronomical. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it is. But I mean, video game, you know, this is fucking. That's what it was. That's the, that's the economy, Jay. That's. The economy. <laughs> yeah. Hey, there's a a full pager from Data East for an NES title. I thought I'd never gotten wind of Dash Galaxy and the Alien Asylum, and I thought it was unfamiliar. But then when I parsed the screenshot on Moby, I recognized the hilarious opening cutscene of the Cadillac driving up to the rocket ship <laughs> and remembered how much the gameplay absolutely sucks on this game. Ugh. Which, it's a bummer, too, because it's such a fun name. And I always... It, what it, I mean, it's, like, to me, a direct ripoff of, of Space Quest by the Sierra. The Sierra series Space Quest. And it looks like it's just a... Like a you know, that's a very, it's very goofy, but sci-fi spacey kind of thing going on and then yeah i think there's a very clear and direct ripoff through line from that to this that's funny to me because i look at this and i just think oh they're ripping off flash gordon from like back in the day well, like that's just that's, that's, i don't know well, like, that is what space quest is ripping off of so i'm not saying space quest is the originator of okay this, this, <laughs> i'm just simply saying like the goofiness of it flash gordon is not goofy am I correct it's more right right straight you know it's more deadpan i think uh yeah it's, I just mean the comedic approach to that story world. It's it's funny though. You're right. I look at this and I'm like, oh, what? You know, yeah. I immediately it takes me back. So I'm like, what That's is such this? A, the game such is such a terrible. great name. Yeah. Oh. So the game is so bad. But yeah, the the fucking the name is so fantastic. Dash Galaxy and the Alien Asylum sounds. It's a fantastic video game name. And yeah, <laughs> right? the cutscene's cool. I think the opening song might not even be bad. Yeah, it's, but yeah, the game is oh brutal. After that, we have a tweetler on Capcom's codename Viper, and I'm getting close to Gogol level 13 level over it on this particular title. It's right. not as bad as Gogol 13, don't get me wrong, but, you know, we fucking got it, Capcom. Get off our backs. <laughs> yeah, like, we, we've seen it. Like, if we're picking up any of these magazines at this point, any of... Yeah, it's in everyone. We've seen there, it yeah. a lot. Like, we if we, wa- if we won it, we would have bought it by now. We're good. Right. And, you know, I know it's Capcom, so they think their shit doesn't stink. But 
The MSRP on this is $49.95, which is fucking ridiculous. This is more than Super C. Yeah, exactly right. To see just after Super C, like you're charging, shit, that's, I mean, that's 20% more. Get a nope. fucking grip. <laughs> Get a fucking grip. Yeah, not 20, a little less 20%, but still, fucking, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. Yep. Two more two-pagers next after that. We have Milton Bradley's Abadox. Angelico's Astinax, and what the hell is it about the letter X in an NES game title that just turns my brain off? Like, <laughs> these might as well be the same game to me, even though one is in space, it's a space shooter, and the other is a medieval fantasy platformer. Like, either way, we've seen them, and I don't think they're fun. I'm guessing that that fucking screenshot behind you makes you say otherwise, Jay. Yeah, I mean, they both had, like, a lot of fun copy, you know, fu- like, great artwork, so... And whenever it's all it's all advertising, we know that, right? Like the letter X is one of the least used letters, I would say, in the English alphabet. Right. So if you're gonna throw that in a word, it's like, oh, what is Astinax? Abadox, like, oh, you know, that yeah. sounds spacey. Yeah, you're not getting me. I, yeah, I'm, I've worked past that fucking assholes. But, <laughs> I don't know, man. I had a bit of fun playing Astinax. Like, I'm not gonna I lie. think that's I did too when I... Yeah, when we, yeah, because I mean, you know, that's, that skeleton looks cool. Like, it, it's just the controls for that are problematic, are they not? Is that what I recall? They're okay. Like, I didn't have a, a bad time with it, but I didn't play it long. It was just kind of like, okay, I, I kind of had fun with this, you yeah. know? It's, no, I would say, yeah, I mean, Abadox was way worse than... I'm not saying they're equally bad and Jellico yeah. in general does i think good work especially the sports titles are all pretty good you know so yeah i mean yeah it's you know i don't mm-hmm. not suggesting it's a dumpster fire but i i remember the controls being a little like uh-huh. <laughs> abadox man but ass snacks i you know I, I had fun playing that could be fun yeah uh the adventures of lolo 2 gets a page after that msrp on i mean if it wasn't such a great game we might be getting to Google 13 level with that, too. That's been... But it's such a cute and good game that I, I refuse to get upset about it. <laughs> and it's a very, also, palatable $38.95. MSRP-wise, so... Absolutely. Yeah. And I played this way too long again. And this time, I actually, like, looked up to see, like... Because I was stuck on, like, level 3 or 4 or something like that, you know. And I finally, I finally looked up and I was like, wait a minute. I didn't even know I could do that. Like, it was one of those kind of things. Right, right. And so I played yeah. it for a... So long. Yeah. It's so good. It's yeah, I, I feel like it has to have been covered in this mag already, though. It hasn't, like, I feel like they have to have already done a pro view on that. I, I don't... I do not believe that it has not appeared. And it's tough because that Hal ad is so fucking... Uh, prolific I think maybe well. they just went, went heavy on the ads before, you know, so they didn't really, they Have never did anything in depth. They were just like, it's Lolo too. Like, yeah. here's the ad. Yeah, yeah. Dude, we both fucking love this game. Maybe we should just fucking game up and stop fucking around. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking, uh, yeah, it's, a, it's a great game. And yeah, it's, I mean, because, you know, it, 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 it has all those levels. So, you know, we like, oh, how do you do that? But like, everyone is like, a, there's something to talk about. Like, you're, mm-hmm. you're talking about a puzzle and your experience of, sorting what that puzzle is and i bet there will be variants for us each of our stories for each one of the levels so it's it's not like even the level by level aspect of it i think would be more you know have more fucking meat to it than oh. than, a, than a dig dug two or something because Dude. there's you know there's shit to do 
As you were talking about that, I'm thinking about the last level I was on and how I still have a save state there. And I'm like, did I ever get that? No, I didn't finish it. Like, I thought I, I had it. it mapped out all the way, but I didn't quite have it mapped out all the way yet, you know, so. I told you. It's still, it's yeah. still, it's still in progress as my airplane game. <laughs> nice. So, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm technically mid-play too. I don't remember. Like, I'm pretty, <laughs> I'm pretty far in it, dude. Like, I, I'm, I'm going to say like. Or level three, four, or floor, because it's like the I think it's floor, oh yeah that's floor, right. and then there's six stages per floor I think it is, uh, or five stages per floor maybe. So yeah, I'm on like four or five or something. Like I'm pretty wow. far into it. Yeah, so I played the fuck out of it. Maybe the mongoose, which is a new Game Pro writer name, I dig quite a bit. Brings us a page on Taxan's Barai Fighter, and Ugh. nope, all set on this game too. <laughs> <laughs> And forty dollars even on the MSRP, fucking weird. And SquareSoft's Rad Racer sequel is last in the NES lineage. We've chatted this up already. Very samey as the first one. Both are pretty good racers, but I don't know, man. I just I don't know about these. Yeah. MSRP is forty four ninety five here, which I you know, it's yeah you know especially for the sequel of like an that's uh, rare too you know it's yeah. a rare game so. Or wait, no, SquareSoft did this one. Rare did the first one, I think. Am I making that up? Maybe Square. No, I'm not sure. Is... This is Squaresoft. Yeah, well, no. this is definitely Squaresoft on this one. Yeah, but did Rare do the first one? I don't know. Either way, Squaresoft isn't bad either. <laughs> <laughs> um, as far as developers go, and it's, like I said, it's not a bad game. Uh, I just wish they had done a little more to differentiate it from the first one. I think it would have made this more appealing to talk about. You know? Yeah, I would. Like, I feel like the music is like I feel like they they made the music less interesting. If I recall correctly, there was something about it that was like, "Oh, that actually, this is worse than the first one." I can't. Really <laughs> well, that's not a good sign. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, step backwards, uh. way to go for a fucking sequel that's already samey. We get a new Tecmo ad before turning the page to to our Genesis Pro views, and it's another one from their "Look how big my dick is" advertising campaign. <laughs> <laughs> they award themselves the best sports Tecmo Bowl and best martial arts Ninja Gaiden game of 1989 awards, and. I'd like to know who is the governing body giving out a best martial arts game award. By the fucking way, <laughs> like like who is who is who is doing? And they're not. It's just them declaring it. Like, don't don't look for an answer, Jay. There's no answer. It's just a fucking ad. <laughs> right, but yeah. that is the answer. It is just an ad because if you look at the bottom, it says Tecmo Advertising. Dot dot oh, dot. Yeah. Hard to beat. Yeah, so I'm yeah, like, yeah. oh, so was it? Your ads for Tecmo Bowl were a best sports ad. And ad for, you know what I mean? Ninja Garden is best, like, martial arts ad. Right, yeah. yeah okay. Is, yep. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, just fucking blowing smoke up your ass. Which is funny, you know, it's like, it's almost it's almost self-aware of that, though, I feel. You know, like, I, it's almost, I almost think it needs to be commended of how self-aware it is that it is overly boisterous. It's not, you know, it's it's not oblivious and just saying these things, I think it is trying to be what we are perceiving, which is decent advertising. Exactly. <laughs> as opposed to at least not bad advertising. They're also declaring the 1990 candidacy of Bad News Baseball, Ninja Gaiden 2, and Tecmo World Wrestling for those award, for their awards, the same awards uh, this coming year. And Gaiden Deuce Deuce is definitely the forerunner for Best Martial Arts Game of 1990, I guess. So they're, they're right about that. Uh, and that's unless you count the arcade. And that new Shinobi the arcade joint is probably more lit just because of how much further ahead the arcade machine was back then. But as far as console stuff goes. Although even Gen- Genesis, I mean, hmm. I mean, yeah, maybe not actually come to think of it. Um, because of 
how far ahead the Genesis is, of course. And then we get our first Sega foray, and it's a two-banger on Sega of America's Moonwalker. And prior to reading this, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Prior to reading this, you'd have had a hard time convincing me this game could get any weirder, but don't count your chickens before they hatch. It explains in here that you're not just finding and rescuing random little girls, but that they are all named Katie. So you're rescuing multiple Katies, and it's fucking weird. Who is Katie? <laughs> it's fucking so fucking weird, this game. And they mention at the end also that it's not actually out to September, but fuck it. We've already ripped the Band-Aid off and speculating it was out for Sega Visions number one, so there's no turning back now. And they also tease that they'll cover the latter three levels in the next issue. So they think this is like a big time deal that is worth like a multi-issue spread. And I agree. Like I said, I, th- I, th- I think it's something that we could could and maybe should talk about later. Yeah, dude, are, you, are you telling me you didn't play this right now? Are, are we not talking about? This I actually now? did not fire it up yet because I was trying to. I'm fucking working. I mean, I played it. I played it last time. Like I know, I I played it, dude. I, 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 I don't need any more convincing. I'm all the way there. If we can talk ourselves into like the periphery reasonings for making a choice on a video game, like the game itself, it's all there. I want to. I want to do it. I want the IP. I want the game. I want all of it. I don't need any more convincing. So I didn't want to. You know, I'm trying to fucking. Make a movie and podcast in the same week, and that's a fucking lot. <laughs> All I'm saying for anybody who has not played this game is just picture a cinematic, a picture of Michael Jackson, like in a video game in the '90s. So it's very as real as you can make it, a bit. But then his mouth no, just moves minutes, and says, like very loud. <laughs> And woo, it is great. It is great. Yeah, no, yeah, those, yeah, no, the, those cutscenes are fucking great. Dude. It's, <laughs> I'm telling you, man. It's I can't, you know. Like I said, I I was aware and I played it and like I was intrigued by it as a kid, but it didn't. I was not anywhere near as on it as I should have been, man. This I should have, yeah. This Clearly, I didn't game. have a Genesis, so I didn't even right. get to see. Yeah. I did. And I have no excuse. <laughs> Other than, like I said, it's the same with Shinobi. It was part of that early window that yeah. I, you know, I Alter B, same, all that shit, all those those early uh, headliner titles were before my ability to get into it, and then there was other shit by then that was even yep. better, you know. So that's my excuse, but it's not a good one. <laughs> <laughs> so. Seismic's Air Diver gets two pages next, and we covered this in Sega Visions 1. Also, I was not a fan. The It's like F-19 fighter shit, first-person cockpit perspective, and I fired up again just to make sure, and yeah, man, it just it, it looks great in a lot of ways. I really dig that select map, or select level map thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it's a fucking mainframe, so, you know, <laughs> we, I'm, I'm in, and it looks great, and the soundtrack is pretty damn lit. A bunch of hard-hitting Top Gun-style tracks. <laughs> topically <laughs> and it all has max level genesis tinniness to it you know it's fucking great and the actual flying gameplay is super choppy and meh though you know it does like there's just like the yeah. that type of game again it's just it's it, it's 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 actually it's not dissimilar to the early to the problems on those early road rashes like their first road rash it just there's not enough frames for like what they're mm. trying to do and it hurts that kind of gameplay tremendously, I think. Dude, I, I wanted to like this so ba- so much. You know, <laughs> I just, I'm 
really badly I wanted like this because you're right it looks really great like from a flying flight sim type of thing like I love the I thought the big the fact that you can see so much of cockpit cockpit right, bother yeah. me but I actually like it but it still just feels it I don't know it just feels clunky it doesn't yeah. it it doesn't work it's a little reminiscent to me of I think it was the uh, the helicopter one. Uh, not uh, Tiger Healy. I want to say that's not fucking right. Ch- Th- Thunder Chopper mm. or some fuck some one of those like that. And it's just like you're flying. The, it's like it's good. Like and you're flying that. You know, but it's just like you get when it really gets cooking. There's just not enough. It's not refreshing fast enough to. Yeah, to you can't really it, catch the enemies. You're like, why yeah. is it not? Yeah, it's yeah, just, yeah, yeah. MSRP is at least for Genesis a lowly forty nine ninety five though. Same price as, uh, what the fuck was it? Which Asin X or no? No, no it, was, it was the the fuck. freaking one that we hate. Um, oh, Codename Viper, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Codename Viper, yeah. Same SRP as Codename Viper. So yeah, Codename Viper thinks they can charge the same amount as even even a bad Genesis game. <laughs> <laughs> They cut it down to a one-pager for that puzzle game Shove It covered before and then logically drop in the Genesis Does three-page ad with the endorsed sports titles, Spider-Man and Moonwalker, before turning to their token Master System game for the issue. And this is, yes, the cover mention of Alex Kidd in Shinobi World. And do what? (laughs) This is another... So, yeah, I mean, they have, you know, all these fucking... uh, (laughs) <laughs> it's another one of those attempts to make a mascot out of this Alex Kidd character, right? And they're mashing his action platformer bullshit up with ninjas and trying to brand it as a shinobi thing, even though there's nothing shinobi about this. Like, very tricks are for kids graphics. Last time, the rabbit was in Tricksland, where zillions of other rabbits offered him sweet, fruity tricks. Mmm, have a bowl. At last, sweet, delicious tricks. The fruity part of my complete breakfast. Wow, delicious, yummy, awesome, stupendous. Huh? Hey, rabbit, can I have some too? Silly kid, tricks are for rabbits. Tricks are for rabbits. Tricks are for kids. Tricks are for kids. Silly oh. rabbit. A rabbit can dream, can't he? Oh yeah, IP and, uh, mashup. Let's do yeah. it. And this dropped in June, so it is. Uh, this gem is is fair game to play, and uh, you can't tell you how much it costs because Sega just can't figure out how to relay that complicated knowledge to journalists. So there's no MSRP, unfortunately. But I fired it up, anyways. And I don't know if I was drunk on wine, man. Which, granted, I was drinking when I played, but I think I enjoyed this. I think I enjoyed <laughs> this fucking game. And uh, yeah, like, did you play it? Yeah, so I I was not I don't think I was drinking when I played this game. <laughs> but I definitely was drinking when I was going through this magazine, so it's possible. But I also enjoyed myself playing this game. Like the kids were watching me. Like it has cute sprites. I obviously like the music from it. Like it's I don't know what it is. Like clearly because of Alex Kidd and like we've seen Alex Kidd and all his other exactly. Worlds, yeah, I want. I'm, I'm like I'm sour on it for sure going into it because of that. Yeah, the IP is like. Ugh, I wouldn't even off. played it, but like Shinobi, you're like right. Throwing, right. Throwing yeah, Shinobi, like, then I'm yeah, like, you got Wait, what? I need a fucking explanation immediately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I don't want to play this, but I need. To, I can't go to sleep tonight if I don't find out what's going on here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what got. Me. Yeah, I had fun. I, I don't know what to say. I, again, this is the second game where the kids were crowding around me, like, "What is happening, Daddy?" Like, "Whoa, what?" You know, yeah. and it was just, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I Shock. thought the con- the controls were good. Like the hit boxes, which is critical for these like smaller 
uh, sprite action platformer deals. Like the hitboxes get weird. Like even like if you remember Wonder Boy was fucking weird. You know? Yeah. And that, that was a, and that was a great game. Wonder Boy three. I mean, that was I thought that was a great game, but it was yep. still a little weird on the on the hitbox front. So yeah, it was pretty good with that sensibly, and the flow of the gameplay made sense. Yeah, I mean, I, just, I think it might be a good platformer, <laughs> which is yeah, like a game app is probably tough. Like. It's got that weird SMS vibe going on with it for sure. That like we I, we, I think yep. to date we still can't put our finger on exactly. What, like, <laughs> the, it's color like the color palette is weird, and I just something about it is fucking weird, and, and it, it's hard to like dedicate yourself to for a really long period of time without like Wonder Boy's level of complexity. I think. You know, yeah. it's like the simpler SMS games are really hard to stick with. I find so you know. I don't know about that, but it's nowhere near a bad game for sure, you know. So that's interesting. I I definitely thought we were done talking about SMS games that are even vaguely viable. <laughs> I thought we were I was done, confused you know? for a second. I just assumed it was Genesis. I had to like do a double take like, wait a minute, we are No, no, this is Sega. Okay. So we're back on SMS. Mash okay. them. Okay. All right. Yeah, let's, right. Let's New do title. It. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, yeah, it's And uh, yeah, it's it made me like one of the things, I'm sure I've said this 80 fucking thousand times, but like one of the things was like about doing this podcast and doing this 8-bit era was like, you know, no exposure to that SMS at all. So I was fired up just to, you know, go through the library and find the gems and like mm-hmm. gain an affinity for the system because I totally missed it as a child and like. You know, it bummed me out how quickly we got through it, how little coverage there was for it that was worth the, you know, I got, I'm not even like, here's the thing. Like, yes, we've kind of lived that whole era already with this, with this pod. I don't know how many, like, I'm curious how much of the, like, I'd love to know what percentage of the library we actually hmm. got exposed to and tried. Cause there's just not, the, there's just not much literature on it. You know, it's, it's subjugated immensely in game pro by the time game pro comes along they didn't have any real proprietary mag those newsletters are bullshit you know they're like yeah. fucking eight pages so there's nothing in there and they're mostly focused there's no you know not that there was a lot of third party titles i think a lot most of the shit on there is from sake of america but whatever the case like you know i just i just feel like we there's probably a bunch of games that are decent that we just don't know about you know and that like the idea that we were done with sms entirely and so little of that happened for me was kind of a bummer for me, so it was. I was I was mildly happy to see a game for it that was new, that I was not totally turned off on, you know. So that was kind of encouraging right. to me. I was, I was happy about that. Yeah, but it would be hard to play an SMS game, I think, at this point. <laughs> a couple of Turbo Graphics games uh, are next: a sci-fi shmup called Cybercore and a side-scrolling war platformer titled Bloody Wolf and there's periods between each letter on Bloody Wolf, despite the fact it can't possibly be an acronym that long. A heart to POW, I'm thinking, maybe, is what they're going for there. I don't know. But the MSRP on these fuckers is steep. Yeah, they're $61.99 and $69.99, respectively. And, yeah, that's steep. But, I mean, they're 16-bitch things, man. And, like, yeah, NEC, I think, this is part, I don't think we've discussed this point, and it's just occurring to me. Like, I think the reason it's so foreign to us, because this was definitely a rich kid machine you know like all the price like remember that fucking uh, cd fucking thing was like nine thousand dollars or something oh, you know yeah. like unbelievable yeah and like okay. i think the system was like 600 but it was like way too pricey too see so yeah, i just think generally speaking this is just not yeah 
I don't, for whatever reason, I mean, you know, I'm part of this technology, I'm, I'm sure, but, you know, Genesis was doing comparable slash equal things, and they didn't have to price everything like this. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's up with that. <laughs> Why they were so uh, unwilling to try to lure new users in with fucking a little bit of a, you know, uh, what's that called? What the, what's the business principle of that? Uh, where you, you you mark shit down to gain market share? Like fucking, I can't think of the name. Fisher, you're failing me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Whatever the case. Yeah, so I was going to fuck with him, but I'm having some difficulties with my turbo engine emulator, and I don't care enough for shmups yeah. to put in any heightened effort. And I, it's funny, like later on, that I end up trying to do it and still fail. <laughs> like I spent like a fucking hour trying to. I, I, retro, I actually tried to go retroarch. And oh. I, I guess I'll save it till I get my notes and we can talk about it, but it, it did not work out. A a shitty American Sammy ad for Michael Andretti's World GP and then Assian X. Uh, again, get us to this episode's Jay's Atari Corner. Jay, tell them what 7800 title they've won. You have won today an experience in the world of basket brawl. This wacky game for the Atari 7800, let me tell you, it is fun like who knew like and i'm actually being 100 percent serious i had a blast playing this game like oh so you, did, you did play it 100 percent played this game yeah okay and had you played it did you play this as a kid no that's Never the funny okay. thing like i think i don't know <laughs> clearly there are so many atari games like <laughs> you know you could you could i could have easily just missed this one but the only difficulty for me is the fact that I have the only retro controller I could find for Atari is like a 2600 controller with extra buttons. So instead of having the 7800 where I can like easily press both, I'm like holding it, you know, Jay, so it's Jay, oh, it's a pain. Have you looked on the internet? Because I bet the internet has that. I, <laughs> I, I haven't looked again. When I looked before, there was not a, I could only get the There's no fucking way, Jay. Are 100%. you insane? Are that you is a USB. Mom? Are you out? Well, you don't even need to get USB. You could, I'm sure there's an adapter for it. We'll see. Yeah. Regardless, I'm sure it's doable. You it's can't just doable. buy 7,800 controllers. Anyway, if uh, I was, if I, if I went you, all in like can. that, but you can't. <laughs> look at eBay right now, but you can't. I can get you. I can get you a 7,800 controller by 3 p.m. with green nail polish. I can. I can. <laughs> I can make it happen. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is surprisingly fun. I played several games with it. Like you are quite literally running around. Punching people, dude. Playing I want to play this. I fucking love Arch Rivals on the NES. I want to play this. <laughs> dude, did you not play it? Did you no, not play I it? Have a, I don't have uh, seventy hundred. Well, I don't know. Maybe that. Maybe that Atari. I, I don't know if that is only twenty six hundred, or I can do seventy eight hundred on there too. I don't dude, know. like I, I, did def- I definitely don't have a seventy eight hundred controller, and I don't like. like <laughs> all I, all I did is retroarch, drag that bad boy, drop it in retroarch, boom. Like it just it it was surprisingly fun. Like there's different courts, the players have their unique characteristics. So the first time I played with like a bruiser person and they were like pretty slow, but I could dunk well, but like I couldn't run fast. But then the second game I played, I chose somebody who was like fast and it was much more fun. Cause then I could like sprint down a court, knock you down, take the ball. You know, it was just, it's a lot. I don't know. It, it was far more fun than I expected for a freaking Atari. Yeah, I mean, it looked like, game. like con- conceptually, I can't believe it. Clearly technology wise, it's probably not as good. As our rivals on the NES, I would guess, but right. the, conceptually, it looked like Arch Rivals on steroids, as far as like the level with which yeah. you could go, like kind of. Uh, again, I'm just looking at a, a thing. You know, I don't, I don't have any ability to, to to know whether this is the case, but you know, more reminiscent of the level of like over the top, 
brutality and and violence that's in like mutant league football and shit you know that like yep. really extreme you know over the top you fucking destroy someone kind of thing you know because yeah i think i said you could take you could like i think i remember reading you could like take you could knock them out you could like literally oh yeah you could hold yeah. down the button and do different yes it's it's it it's you can do more than I would have expected for an Atari game, to be completely yeah. honest. I did not expect that. That's cool. Yeah. I, I would have expected, like, yeah, a Nintendo game for sure. So the fact that it was on Atari, I would have loved to have this as a kid. Like, when I bought 7800, would have loved yeah. it. Yeah it, looked, yeah, it looked fun for sure. Yeah. So, game sounds good, but how fucked up is the game world description? Verbatim. No, you didn't misunderstand me. Lethal weapons are an essential part of this rough-and-tumble b-ball game. The mayor's big plan to help curb inner-city gang wars. So, the mayor's solution for gang wars is to give them lethal weapons and just let them kill each other. <laughs> like, what the fuck, man? What a crazy... Right? I mean, I, just such a different like, time, man. Such a different time. Oh, my time. gosh. You get incinerated for writing that. <laughs> you would get incinerated for writing that in 2022. So insane. Twenty four ninety nine MSRP on this, so fairly priced. Half, half of a codename Viper, probably way better. <laughs> Ooh, I'll play this any day over codename Viper. <laughs> yeah, yeah. After that, we have Quick Shots Python joystick ad ushering us into the Game Boy previews, where we get our cover feature payoff. And I love this artwork, dude. And 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 I dig what oh, I'm guessing yeah. is more of the comic book styling for the Foot Soldiers design, which I had never really seen. I mean, like I said peruse that very first mm. issue and i don't remember if I, just, I maybe they weren't in there i don't i don't remember seeing this design of foot soldiers before and they did fix the headband color issue that was on the yeah. cover though mostly anyhow like i said you could argue michelangelo's is still red not orange but leonardo and donatello getting the right colors i'll give them the benefit of the doubt on that so that was um interesting to see the change and cool because yes i have more of affinity for the uh and more relatability to the animated series version of course which is funny. I po- I posted the foot soldier. So I saw the foot soldier and I was intrigued, you know. So I posted that and the animated foot soldier design on on the socials and like asked like you know what's which one do you prefer and like holy I could not believe how landslide it was to the animated series. I think the foot. I think the fucking comic one looks way cooler. I think it, yeah. it's it's more interesting. It's more. You know, I don't know. I, I like, you know, I like grittier and darker maybe, and that's whatever. And I understand that, like, I was actually badgering back and forth with, with Al, my fucking uh, cut man and, and Mike Tyson. And the, uh, you know, he was saying that, like, you know, it was definitely animated series. I was like, yeah, I was like, but is it better? Like, he's, he's like, he said it was more iconic, I think was his verbiage. And I was like, yes, it's more iconic because it's more well-known. Because the animated series distribution was like, I don't know, a fucking million times more saturating than the comic book distribution and, and, and consumption and therefore nostalgia for. But is it actually better? I think that's at least debatable, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it was it was landslide on, on animated series version of the Foot Soldier over the comic one. Miyagi! No licking your paws, motherfucker, against the rules. So Jab had this, this Game Boy game, and it uh, was pretty solid for an action platformer, I would say. All the sprites are oversized relative to the screen resolution, which made for a really, like, really great-looking graphics by the standards yeah. one could have on the Game Boy, but also made for a really constricted play area, you know? True. True. Yeah. But you had to be able to see, and, like, you wanted to be able to see that detail, you know? So I, sure. I get it. I get yep. it. No, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a creative choice, because it's and it's funny. Uh, have a counterpoint coming up that it was funny to me that it worked out this way because I didn't intend on having 
a counterpoint. But so the MSRP on thirty is thirty nine ninety nine. This, which is the same price tag as a big chunk of these NES games, so that's you know that shows that's fair for Game Boy. Yeah. Yep. Well, for a big licensed title for for Game Boy, like most of the Game Boy games were cheaper than the NES games. Right. They keep the Game Boy Fire coming as Batman is next, and I had not peeked ahead in this mag, so I didn't know this was coming. But I think I was thinking of this game as I was jotting the note down about the sprite size relative to the play area in TMNT. So <laughs> this game is the polar opposite. Batman and the enemies are so small yes. on, a, on, a, on, a, on a wider angle view of the play, in, play environment. And I had this game. Uh, and yes, I had both NES and Game Boy Batman's Jay, so that tells you where I was at on that topic. <laughs> and I'm still thinking, like, I still think this is a great game, and I played the shit out of it. But the tiny sprites are way too small in this game. Yeah, way exactly. Too small. Way too small. I was Although, funny, say, I feel, I feel like you, I feel like if you had, if you had a Game Boy around this time, you probably had one or both of these titles, or you played them. You know what I mean? So you could easily see that contrast. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny though, like thinking about it now, I didn't think of it as I was writing the notes down, but. I do think actually Batman is the same exact size as Super Mario World or Super Mario Land. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, like the like that. It, it like I like it's it's weird the way I'm equating this in my mind is like the little taps on when you're standing on one of the little bricks. The yes, little taps because the the, the size of Batman looks like what I would expect it from Mario, but the way it's drawn. Mario looks better. Mario looks bigger. Oh, Mario. You know, the bigger head and all that versus, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mario looks better. But, like, the sprite size is the same. And, like, you're the the size of the brick and your control and, like, how your size relative to the brick is, I think, very, very similar in in my my recall here in my mind. They do mention the Batwing flying sequences in here. And those were hot as fuck for sure. (laughs) Uh, I was looking at a play vid to refresh my memory on these. And the Batwing even has little banking animations. When you fly up and down on the horizontally scroll, scrolling playfield, you know, so like it's not just like a static Batman icon or uh, yeah. logo or sprite. So that's you know that's pretty again for Game Boy shit, pretty fucking cool. Sunsoft, what do you expect? <laughs> Nothing but fire out of them. MSRP is is unknown, but I bet it was also forty bucks. <laughs> you know, if not more, Batman could be a tick higher than TMNT. I think even yeah. at this time, you know. And then we have one more Game Boy hit, Wizards and Warriors Fortress of Fear, and an ad for a Game Boy title I'd never heard of. Hayinko, hi, hi, Kayo, give me, come on, come on, Japan pronunciation. <laughs> Hayinkyo hi, Alien? Yeah, okay. Before NEC hits hard with a two-banger for Bonk's Adventure on the TurboGrafx. And I'd never really played this, but looking at the screenshots, I will absolutely concede that it looks fucking awesome. Like, these screenshots are awesome. The large sprites look incredible and really yeah. cool and creative. Like, that tractor head, the boss in the bottom left shot, is fucking wild and cool and original. Like, that looks like some shit that, like, one of the talented artist kids would have fucking drawn on their Trapper Keeper, you know? Like, and had, like, slid into the thing. Like, that looks like a dope-ass yeah. piece of, like, really creative art that would appeal to a child, you know? So. I mean, they were they were pushing their hoped mascot you know what i mean it yeah. kind of makes sense and it looks yeah. like it yeah yeah and this so yeah it made me sad that i couldn't get my emulator to work for turbo graphics right so i tried poking around <laughs> and spent i spent a half hour a solid half hour pissed off at retroarch and uh, also another one called metafin uh before giving up uh, yeah it's a bummer dude at retroarch yeah it was like you had to i didn't get it dude like i watched i even watched like a video on like the trying to explain the you gotta get the like the 
system processors or whatever they're called, the drivers or the cores. The cores, yes. Yeah. You get the cores for each one and like I was like, I don't get it, man. I don't this I don't get it. And like I'm not an idiot, but I at least not with this kind of stuff, but I couldn't do it. Oh, like, that's unfortunate, man, because Atari, you just like which you Atari seven hundred? I would love to consolidate them all. Yeah, because I I have yeah I have a fucking yeah Atari Nostopia yeah 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 I got all these different emulators that I would love to just click on one icon and make it all come up and I know I know it's like a shell so you can like yeah you do the art and you can do a little bit of like it's kind of like a little bit of a organization jerk off game to some degree (laughs) to like to like get build all the art in and like it's kind of like people talk about building out their main libraries like all the extra work you got to do to build on the metadata and stuff to really make it the way you want it you know it seems like it has that custom ability custom ability that i would really enjoy actually but yeah i couldn't get the back end of it i couldn't figure it out (laughs) so uh, I'll listen. I'll listen to if you have a simpler explanation than this video could give me to get it fucking up and running. I'll listen to it, but I, yeah, I couldn't do it. We'll we'll take that offline, Josh. All right. Yeah, yeah. Which, <laughs> these things. This this episode is already going to be about five hours, so it's good thing that we aren't doing that also on here. <laughs> so we move into SWAT hot tips. After that, they start with a two full page deal on Kung Fu Heroes. And this is way too much Kung Fu Heroes. <laughs> right? I'm like, why are we? Uh, yeah, why are we spending two full pages on fucking Kung Fu Heroes right now? It's fucking crazy to me. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think you actually. I recall you being a little bit uh, digging that game, but I was not uh, much of a fan. Well, this game was okay, but there was different Kung Fu games that I liked more. You know, for the NES, this one's all right though. But just, I'm not interested in playing it like this. You know, or, or reading tips about it. Like it's not that serious. Yeah, yeah they <laughs> tips. I'll send your tips. The from there we have a Fantasy Star tips page. Made me and it made me overwhelmed by the idea of playing Fantasy Star too. Looking at that page of Fantasy, like it was just like it looked like I don't know the the things they explained were like it sounds so big and sprawling, you know, of a video game based on the things that they're talking about here. A little because the tips are the tips are not necessarily they're not like these other like codes and shit. It's like. You know, like shortcuts of like trying to make the game less fucking of a chore. <laughs> you know, uh, so that's not the best indicator of the game being, especially from today's perspective, really playable. But oh man, every time I see it, it makes me want to play it. I see Fantasy uh, Star too. I'm like, yeah. it, it just like like. Oh, I'm before. not saying we're not gonna play it. <laughs> I'm not saying we're not gonna side quest this. I'm simply saying is it, it like it gave me a little bit of fucking. Uh, retro anxiety. That, yeah. There's, you know, that I again, I, I played that first Fantasy Star on, you know, I, I did that and like that was such a fucked up experience because of the amount of time we tried to do it and that like, I already, I got, I got, I got like Fantasy Star PTSD. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like a little fucking, yeah. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. There are a ton of ads in this section as well. There's an LJN one for the Uncanny X-Men on NES and I'm not always on the fuck LJN train, but I am full steam ahead on fuck LJN for this goddamn atrocity. And I do love the ad, though. That's probably yeah. my favorite X-Men team ever. I've said that before. Which oh, yeah. part of part of the betrayal that I get from the game itself is that I love that, that team of X-Men, even though Cyclops is there. <laughs> <laughs> so much hate. Yeah. And I also dig the new Koei ad for their strategy joints, new Nubanaga's Ambition, Romance of the Three Kingdoms, and a new one that just dropped... Genghis Khan. And I bet they don't account for his joining up with the Jairusians and their conquest of the solar system in 25XX in the story of this game. And you better recognize, <laughs> you better recognize Koei. After these messages, we'll be right back. 
Michael Jackson's Moonwalker video game, only on the Genesis system by Sega. That is a 1990 U.S. market TV commercial for Michael Jackson's Moonwalker on the Genesis. And all the versions of it I could find were so grainy, I can't be sure. But I'm fairly confident that is not Michael Jackson. It's a lookalike, and they just never really show him from the front without his hat brim covering his face. Did you not really? like that? Yeah, I don't think mm. that's Michael Jackson. I wasn't paying close enough attention. There was so much going on yeah, exactly. between <laughs> that so busy. and yeah, the so. game itself. You know, yeah. just kind of, yeah. yeah. No, yeah, it's a great job of editing and cutting around that fact. But if you watch it with that in mind, you're like, oh, mm. yeah, they, they, you don't see that motherfucker at all. For sure. <laughs> no. Would not yeah, be like, surprised. The best actually. shot is like, yeah, one of him, like when he's at the very near the beginning, he has his like, brim all the way down to like his upper lip. Uh, so yeah, you can't see his eyes, can't see his nose, and that's... <laughs> Back to the mag, Ask the Pros fires us up for the home stretch, and Shadowgate on the NES is here, Alex Kidd in the high-tech world on SMS, and some Vigilante on T16 are the topics at hand. And the Alex Kidd thing is about getting a fake travel pass item versus a real travel pass item. And it says you have to go to the temple... And pray to the gods 100 times to get the ladder, which I imagine is more appealing, the real travel pass item, I mean. And I haven't played that game enough to know the value or importance of the real one, but having to do something 100 times in a video game does not sound like fun. <laughs> Alex Kid game, too? Like, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I bet that sucks. I didn't do it, but I bet it sucks. Far from intuitive. <laughs> like, that's some stuff you'd have to, like, know from a magazine like this. Like, there's no way right. you're doing... Right. That activity. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. That Asmic NES tennis game gets us over to short pro shots. And God damn it, I was hoping there would be some new games in here to play. This issue has been a real drag of retreads for the most part. <laughs> but nope, not really. <laughs> we got games not out yet on NES. We have Pipe Dream, a puzzler from Bulletproof Software that doesn't hit till September. We have EA's Skater Die 2, also not till September. And then shit we've seen for the NES that we're not playing. <laughs> Image Soft, <laughs> Image Soft Sol- Solstice, Jalico's Pinball Quest, JVC's Boulder Dash, Game Ep alum, Captain Skyhawk. And then we have Game Tech's Double Darren here. And its release date is no more specific anywhere that I could find other than 1990. So I guess we could call it Fair Game. But it's a goddamn trivia game show that by all accounts does not do anything to replicate the fun dare aspect of the actual game show. And right. speaking of cool shows on Nickelodeon, and and does not have Mark Summers in game despite his being on the box box cover, so you can fuck off. <laughs> uh, 100%. This, I'm not going to play that. I did love the fuck out of the show though. Yeah, I have a. I think I'm pretty sure I still have it somewhere. A Mark Summers autograph on an eight by ten that I can still remember getting at the IX Indoor Amusement Park at some auto show when I was like six. So. That game, that show was a. That was my show. I would oh, love so to good. be on that game, but like playing a game about the game, I don't. Uh. I had Especially the home, on this type of software. I had the home version that they always gave away. I had that. Like, How was it? Was it fun? It was actually pretty cool, dude. It, you know, there's no. It's not the same because a kid can't make that much of a fucking mess, so their parents will literally right. kill them. But so they had to like work around that. But there's a lot of like there were like you know I remember like there's this if you like Google the image of it, the thing on the cover is like it's got a kid also. In my memory, a little marionette kind of design. <laughs> but uh, you got a kid with, and it got the helmet on that's in the box, and it's like, it's got a face shield, because like, you, you do have to throw shit at each other's faces and shit, so it's got a face shield. And 
Yeah, there's like there's like rings that you like these foam rings. I remember being in it. Okay. There's like yeah. a cup on the head. Like remember remember there's a lot of things. Where oh yeah. And like, that, the, and like you have to get a certain amount of liquid on a fill line on the cup. You know, doing whatever. So there's like yeah. they tried to replicate like like with balls. I think going into the cup. There's a lot of things that were pretty interesting and like quite a number of different kinds of things that you could get dared into doing. It wasn't just a, a handful of them. So they did a, a decent job of making a fun home version of it for sure uh so yeah it was something i fucked around with a lot man i remember the, i can remember the timer very specifically and had that uh remember popomatic trouble do you remember or not was it no oh i know what you're talking about even if that's not the exact name right when you, you push you the thing that. down and you, you turn the yep. timer on and then it fucking bl- it blows up when it, it re- reaches the end so like it had yep. that that click, 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 click timer thing going on with it you know that yeah the, the egg timer sound i guess is maybe the way to call it, what to call that and yeah, it's fucking. It was pretty damn good. So yeah, I mean, I was I was fucking dialed into that shit for sure as a kid. But fuck this cartridge. I'm not playing. That. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. Yeah, the one Genesis title is DreamWorks's Target Earth, and it also has only in generic 1990 release date. So I guess it's a go. And they don't really specify in the little blurb in the mag, but I was guessing this was a side-scrolling action shooter in space, and I fired it up. It is a has a fairly fun opening cutscene. It has like it's like '90s sci-fi to the bone, I would say. And there were some weapon selection mechanics and communication with a command center, giving you directives that made it seem like there might be more than meets the eye with this. But the gameplay was a little meh for me. I don't know how did did how did you? I did not play this one. At oh, all. really? No. I I looked at it. I went through everything, and I just looked at it. and I was just like, I I'm gonna hate this, and which is funny. Because you, I went. You, you into played this. the one earlier, and like that's what I'm saying. When you, when you were talking about the one earlier, I was like, "Was this target?" Like I was trying to remember which one was which, because this one was kind of interesting. I was like, "I'm not saying the wrong thing, am I?" <laughs> no, that's that's the thing. Like it's funny because I specifically went into this mag. Like I'm gonna play, you know, everything there's to play. So I, I played a lot of stuff multiple times. Like stuff that we talked about before. I forgot the name, and I was getting into. It, it was like, ah, oh, I played this before, but I'll give it another shot. But like I don't know with this one, like. I just looked at the what this says here. It does not sound appealing. Like Rex, we're talking about Rex. Like I feel like this is something I heard before and immediately hated. And when I look at the sprites, I just I don't know. I'm just immediately turned off. It seems like such a, a generic attempt at like let's throw dinosaurs, Rex, space together and make it look awesome. And I was just like, no, nah, I'm not even I'm not even getting involved in that. It's yeah, it's got like I said, it's got some mechanics going on that are weird and different. Like I saw enough charm when I was playing. That I bet there are some retro heads out there that remember this very fondly as a title they enjoyed leaning on when it was when they were just getting into their Genesis library collecting going on as kids. And I, yeah, I bet there's some people that hold this. Kind of, you know, it's kind of like the way I think of Dino Wars. You know, like it's, it's yes, terrible, that's why terrible, I, yeah. terrible game, terrible game. But it had enough cool shit in it, conceptual conceptually, that my perception of it as a kid. Even though it wasn't maybe fun, had enough cool shit going on that like endeared me to it, and you know I remember it fondly as as such. Even though mm. you know clearly not a good game playing it from a modern perspective. So I, I bet this fits into that same category. Um, so Probably yeah, I so. Know. I mean, even even when I look at a video, it's like it looks decent. Like I feel like I could it could maybe be all right, but just I don't know. I'm just I'm kind of put off by it. Just yeah, I, mean, I think it's I think it's definitely as good as Robo Kid, Atomic Robo Kid. So 
take that for what it's worth. But <laughs> there are also a few ads in here. We have yes, we mentioned Boulder Dash, acclaims, or no, we mentioned that was a feature, uh, a pro shot, I think. But um, they also have the ad here for Boulder Dash. They have acclaims LCD handhelds, and then Kim Koseka's Rocket Ranger. And the headline on the ad for Rocket Ranger is "Saving the World Never Used to Be So Tough." And the artwork is a Todd and a half soaring through the air, the most generic ray gun pistol ever in the same hand he's cradling a damsel in distress with. And then there's a plane with some also generic looking evildoers in the cockpit behind him. So this like, the ad, yeah, did nothing for me. That you know, just like I immediately thought of the Rocket Ranger or whatever the fuck that, that Disney movie that sucks. Yes, <laughs> immediately I thought it was that at first. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah, me too. Uh, yeah, and uh, yeah. And so this hit in June, so up, up, and away we go as far as its viability as a, as a game app option. Rocketeer, that, that's what that's called, actually, the Rocketeer. Rocketeer, and, yeah, yes. and so, yeah. So, so this, so yeah, I'm looking at this and like, yeah, is this Rocketeer? No, okay, so I'm looking at the Rocketeer stuff. And Rocketeer is still only a comic book IP in 1990, but the film Disney would put out in June 1991 had been in development hell since 1983. So these fuckers oh. were likely trying to cash in on some inside baseball knowledge about that movie finally coming to be, is my, mm. my, my thinking here. Um, and yeah, it's a company, Cinemaware, that I, there's, I ended up, is it in the magazine? Maybe they mention in the magazine. There's somewhere I just read Cinemaware was doing. Yeah, it's, so it's this company Cinemaware, and like they're trying to do a bunch of like movie stuff, you know, or it's a, a cinema-minded game developer. Like they're trying to make turn movies into games, or and or like make cinematic presentation type video games, right? So it's like a you know an agenda that this company is trying to, to, to bring to the table here with the way they make games. And, dude, this game, did you play it? No. No? no. This game is fucking wild, man. This is a wild fucking video game. Uh, it's So, it's 1990. That's the setting of the story, right? And aliens named Lutonians are landing in D.C., and you're a dude with a rocket pack. <laughs> and you're like, I don't know, a special agent that can be deployed by the government to do shit. And there are missions. There is... Like a strategic deployment map. There is equipment and resource management mechanics to it. The actual flight battle mechanics are from... It's like a from behind your jetpack dude flying away from our POV. So again, kind of that forced perspective we've been seeing a lot of. And I really don't know... Like it's different. There's something different about it. And I don't really know how to describe it. But once I got the hang of it, I think it was kind of good and unique for the era. Like the... play. It's like... Because you could like, I don't know, man. It's like you could you could go up, like you go up and down, of course. But the way you did it, like it was almost like uh, your body was segmented in a way that, like, I don't know, like so when you start to like you want to go, you're going up and you want to go back down. It's not like a just a like a, a static. Kind of like with the Batwing, the way I described mm-hmm. the Batwing thing, like how the Batwing turned before, like so. Because this is a forced perspective, it's it's more of a a horizontal from your POV to the horizon change. So like you kind of like I don't know, man. I don't know how to describe it, but it just it was different and weird and took some getting You're used to. In the air, kind of. Yeah, thing. yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe that's what they're going for there. Yeah, something like that. Uh, and it was interesting. And like I said, I think it was fucking good, dude. I, I think that might have been good. 
And then there is a lot, which is why it had to be so hard for, for kids at the time. It had to be so hard. There is a lot of story copy to read. Dude. But it is all, dude, it is incredibly well written. I can't believe it's on an NES game. It's like, it's like themed in this kind of like, you know, story world, and it's all yeah, it's all very very highbrow language. Like it's ve- like it's I, it's I, I borderline impossible for a kid to understand. I think to some degree or another, which uh, I don't know. Maybe they're not developing for kids here. With it. like I said, this game is so everything about this, even the the IP has a feel, yeah, of a more adult minded thing. You know, like this is like this is a this is harking back to like those you know '50s TV programs here that like would be more appropriate for a kid to be into or uh, an adult rather to be into at this time. So maybe they weren't even marketing this to kids. I don't know, which would make a lot of sense. And in that case, they nailed it. <laughs> the music ain't too shabby. That's the Night Approach theme. And yeah, I, dude, I was completely flabbergasted. But I think this might be an amazing video game, dude. Like What? The yeah, level of copy I've just witnessed just in watching a video? I'm like... I know I, like you, that's, I know that's copy. not your bag, dude, what? but it's good, dude. Read it. Did you read it or did you just look at it? No, I'm just like, I'm like, where's the gameplay? I just got like three seconds of the, the floating gameplay and the rest is just That's the thing, copy. though, dude. You, you won't understand because like that's the thing. They drop you into this first thing. With the fucking, it's got a blimp, and I didn't even understand what I was trying to do. Because I don't think, I, I think I skimmed over the copy going into that first thing. I didn't know what the fuck was going on. And then once I started reading it, and like you go back to the map, and you understand you're, you have resource management shit you gotta deal with. You can run out of fuel and not be able to fucking continue. Like it's got shit to deal with, man. And like you got to understand what your objective is to properly approach it. And use the right amount of resources and go to the right place and try to accomplish the right objective. Like, all that shit has to be in line or you're just fucking flailing, you know, uh, flopping around, flailing around. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's you know, it, when you try to, it's tough to put this kind of thing on the NES because it's not, the actual, it's good for the system, I think, but it's still, you know, a flight shooter mm. on an NES and like it's not fucking awesome mm. you know but it's not yeah. bad it, it, by any yeah so I don't know man it's it's tough it's it's tough, hard for me to say but I think <laughs> it might be an amazing video game and honestly I should have had higher hopes going into it because this is a Kim Koseka joint dude and that's Rescue of the MC, Rescue the Embassy Mission that's Shadowgate that's Deja Vu like these cats don't fuck around on the NES when it comes to like depth in oh, their video man. games yeah so, I don't know, man. I, you know, it's tough. All right. <laughs> yeah, I think it might be a good video game. Uh, after some culture brain shit I don't want to talk about, ImageSoft has a new full pager for Solstice. And it's an awesome ad, dude. Like, everything Look about this. It. Yeah, everything about this ad, this game is fucking awesome, but the fucking game. It's dude, it's fu- good. You just haven't given it a great I did, man. Go. I was, like, trying like, I had a dozen times now. Like, it's like the the ad is the jackedest wizard ever is shirtless under his spread open cloak. He's got a potion in one hand and a badass staff in the other, and he's just yelling out into the void. And there's a menacing castle in the background. It's just a phenomenal fucking artwork. 
And they're giving away a bunch of shit on an order form styled like an old piece of rolled up parchment as long as you cover the 350 shipping and handling. And they have an 8mm videotape with the making of Solstice on it. And that's fucking awesome, but what kind of... What kid had the ability to play 8mm videotapes? Like, VHS guys, please. Like, I'm gonna need a VHS tape if you want me to watch this fucking piece of content. (laughs) You know, like, what the fuck? But... They also are giving away a player's scorecard, trading cards, color stickers, and solstice literature, in quotations. And that sounds like quite the haul to have show up in your mailbox, like we talked about earlier. That's cool present to get in the mail, for sure. Yes. You know what? I can't believe I didn't think to Google the video. Let's actually do that. Okay, so the internet has fucking everything, and it's on there. And it's a two-part deal. The link will be in the show notes. It's about... The first video is seven, and a half, seven minutes, 50 seconds. The second one's like six and some change. It's like 15 minute fucking thing. And it's a bunch of screenshots and shit or screen cap shit too. It actually looks pretty good for screen cap at the time. It doesn't look like just like a camera in front of the TV. It actually looks like they're screen capping it uh, the way something should be screen capped. But they have just like the developers in some shitty office. They look super uptight and super uncomfortable talking about this video game. And... <laughs> Yeah, I'm definitely going to watch that whole thing, I think, uh, because I'm a sick individual. But if you like this game, which so many of you seem to, Disciples, then ch- definitely check this out, because I bet it's fucking, there's fucking some interesting shit in there. Uh, they're talking about, I know, that, like, when I cut it off, it showed the three of them sitting on the fucking table, and they're talking about, they're going to show the tools that they make the game with. They're actually going to show, like, the developer tools and stuff. So, you know, I actually have never seen that before, come to think of it. Like, I've never seen actual, like, NES programming happening real time. I don't think I've ever seen that. So I'm, I'm going to check that out for sure. We get some buy our shit from GamePro before an overwhelmingly 1990 Toys R Us ad for the NES Advantage, the sexy bastard that it is. The ad is a huge photo of the controller, then the word play written in obnoxious yellow, green, and orange patterns that could only have existed in the early 1990s. Yep. And it, ma- it, makes me, <laughs> it makes me want a trapper keeper if you're of a certain age. That's all you need to know to paint a mental picture of what's going on here design-wise. With the big bright pink, like yep. neon pink behind, like that was a definitely popular color. Like, yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I think slap bracelets and trapper keepers. That's what I, that's, I, <laughs> that's what I think of when I look at that. Maybe some friendship bracelets too. The Fantasy Star 2 art contest winners follow that up and they go to great lengths to demystify their selection process this time, including photos of guys with shirts tucked into acid wash jeans and other staff members pointing at a bunch of drawings strewn across a table in their office. And then they have Al Nilsson, Sega of America legend, holding the winners up. So they brought in a fucking verified uh, game celebrity to add some legitimacy to their to their fucking little thing here, too. And the first place and one of the two-thirds are 25 and 24 years old, and the rest are minors. And I think the 16-year-old's piece, the penciling without color, is better than both of those grown men's shits. I was surprised at the Personally. first place one a little yeah. bit. I was, just, I was I was a little surprised. I mean, it's it's good. The guy's twenty five. Yeah. You know, whatever. Um, if you're gonna take the time to do it, you better not better not look shitty <laughs> at twenty five. You know, you better be good at drawing shit if you're gonna send one in at twenty five. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I like the I like the I they just like outline penciling is is I I think it just looks I just like that art style period. I think yeah, uh, more so. Could have gone more. either way. <laughs> yeah. Could have gone either way. Yeah. Uh, there is one representative of an under 10 category, at least. So they have some actual age tier that should be, you know, being considered for giving shit to uh, in here. 
as opposed to, again, mid-20s grown men. And splitting these two pages up is what might be my single favorite thing that has been in any mag we've partook in to date. And it is a full-page ad from a fly-by-night P.O. Box address company called The Chiro Creations, just down in Torrance, actually, where I adopted Miyagi here, by happenstance. That motherfucker looked at me like, what? <laughs> the product... Take me out, motherfucker. You've been podcasting for seven hours. The product is the Thumb Master, the original neoprene thumb protector. And rather than paraphrasing this, I'll just read so there's no confusion as to what we have on our hands here. Literally, by the way, I did not intend for that to be funny, but... <laughs> And it reads, Thumbmaster is the hottest new video game accessory. A must for home video game enthusiasts of all ages. And then they, in a parenthetical, clarify six years to adult, which is hilarious to me. It covers and helps protect the thumb against the soreness that results from pushing the buttons on handheld control pads of home video game systems. Neoprene's flexibility enables free movement and agility of the thumb. It is form-fitting and will not slip off the thumb. Thumbmaster comes in seven hot colors. Black, blue, aqua, purple, fluorescent green, pink, and hot pink in small, <laughs> medium, and large sizes. And I really like that they give us that hot pink option. And, you know, they, they don't just settle for that boring bullshit pink. You, you, you can get hot pink also. Like, what is the difference? What, what, show me the difference between hot pink and pink. What right. are the differences? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I actually do know. It's like pink pet, the eraser pink. Versus, yeah, that like really, really like electric bright. Electric. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Almost like yeah, a neon light. Yeah, but it's still funny that they give you the two options there. Especially for you know, I don't know. Like you hate to say it, but this is you're, this is a this is a male centric world right now, and like little boys don't want either of the pink ones, bro. <laughs> you know, they just don't. Even the ones that did. Don't want don't want it because they refuse to be seen in it. You know, out of out of uh, the ostr- ostracizing that could associate it, even though they might want it. So these are five bucks a pop, plus a mere one fifty shipping and handling per order, no matter the quantity. And you can order yours today. The ad is the words uh, "eliminate video thumb," like the the like the t- the thing up top. It says. Eliminate video thumb and a logo I actually think is mildly clever. It's a red circle with a line through it, like a Ghostbuster type deal. And then a hand gripping onto the middle uh, line from behind, like the bar in the middle of the mm-hmm. circle. And a huge reddened thumb sticking up out of it with lightning bolts emanating from it. Because lightning bolts mean pain. <laughs> you know, in the 80s and 90s. And Nintendo thumb is real, people. This is not a joke. I would have loved to have had this for my Punch-Out play for episode 50 because I got a badass case of Nintendo thumb that would have been really nice to avoid. You know, Are you the, saying you would have purchased event. said product? Are you saying... Dude, Nintendo, me and my uncle used to joke about Nintendo thumb. Like, that was a thing. My, 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 that was like... <laughs> Nintendo thumb is a phrase that I'm not... I didn't make that up for this podcast. That is some shit Uncle Ted said all the fucking time when we were kid, when I was a kid and we were playing NES. Nintendo thumb is a real affliction that... Um, was uh, it was it ran rampant in in the demographic of young gamers in the late eighty in the eight, late eighties and early nineties. So it was a real thing, and the idea of a product to, especially an inexp- a relatively inexpensive product to, you know, if it worked, if it was good, and you could play, and it didn't reduce your ability to play the fucking games uh, with aptitude, then I would have wanted one for sure. Yeah, and it's kind of you know. That I- it's I don't like know that I remember having sore thumbs. That's why this is just so fascinating. To really? Me. Like, oh my god! I, yeah, I yeah, dude. Especially like 
You didn't have, you didn't have any fucking turbo controllers, dude. Those fucking NES Maxes, oh my god, they were just a nightmare. The the hard gray buttons, the turbo ones below the main buttons were just because mm-hmm. they were such hard plastic that was con. Oh no con, way, con, that would con, suck. Yeah, convex was fucking. Oh, it was just destroy your thumb. Uh, yeah, but I mean, yeah, just the regular controllers also fucking really I mean, like Gyrus. Think about if you played Gyrus. Uh, any like for uh, eleven hours. Yeah, I could see that being <laughs> potentially not. Yeah. I mean, it was already yeah. borderlining not fun anyway. So, yeah, I, mean, yeah. I can just picture you know. I uh, for some it, it makes me think of the power glove scene from The Wizard. You know, it's like imagine showing up at a kid's house and like you're gonna like 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 I think of that like the story I've told about the the blades of steel story where my buddy AJ threw the fucking controller to the, the thing and his dad beat the shit out of him. Like, you know, you're showing up to a kid's house for a showdown. Like, think about it. you sit down and like the other kids never seen this before. And then the, the kid that showed up to the, the challenger shows up and he slides one of these on his thumb. The other kid's intimidated. <laughs> yeah. Like, All right, let's go. Yeah. yeah. The other kid is definitely intimidated in that, in that fictional, fictitious. Like, what are you doing, bro? What is that? Is that allowed? Is that like, yeah. what is that? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Are you cheating? Yeah, is that, what's the fucking terminology for that? Is that? Grease in the ball? Like, what are you doing? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, but yeah, what do you call that? That's fucking uh, like, uh, is that regu- Is that regulation? Is that yeah. regulation? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, but I mean, how it's just it's an insane ad. It's a totally insane ad. After that, we get another one. that's pretty crazy. A full pager from some outfit called Maven Video Distributing drags us, dragging us into the produce report. And first thing is about Electronic Arts entering the console market, and they've been just PC game shop. Uh, they've been just a PC game shop to date. And I was amused by the fact they consider the NES entry, Skater Die Two, being the first as the headliner. And only tossing the Genesis distribution and passing, seeing as yeah. they become huge because of the Genesis, you know. So it was so funny right. to me that that was, you know, whatever, and that was that was posed that way. And I never even knew they pushed it on the NES until I clocked their involvement with Skate or Die earlier in the issue. Like I, you know, that being an EA game, that was news to me. I, would I mean, assume. I knew they. I knew EA got on later, obviously, but yeah, it was it's it's fascinating how it was presented here. It's like, oh, it's such a big deal. Yeah, I mean, I I, I would have assumed because Skater Die One was Ultra, that was Konami. I would assume mm. Skater Die Two was as well. I didn't have any yeah. clue that that wasn't Konami. So, yeah, I definitely didn't know of any other EA games either. So that was interesting. They make mention of a putt putt game called Zany Golf that makes me want to play Walkabout. <laughs> but also, kind of also sounds kind of cool uh, as as a game. I wouldn't mind checking out. I don't think I could. I think I tried to look it up though and couldn't find it, so I don't know if it had made it out. They have a new pixel art style full pager ad for the Electronic Games Expo in Oakland. Looks very cool. Reminds me of the Nintendo calendars from the Scholastic Book Club for some reason. Just the art style. <laughs> it's reminiscent of those. And their awful high score shit comes after that. A little back issue action. And then that game, the game service, Gamefly predecessor ad shares the page with a the the next issue teases. And the logo has changed for this service. It's the same dinosaur or rhinoceros, whatever the fuck that thing is. And he's now surfing with a game shoulder bag on that. That's it's labeled game bag, which is weird. And then there's, there's a TV. It's the same thing where he was on the Island before watching the weird little game thing. And so now the TV is sitting on top of like a, whatever you would call that miscellaneous conjoined device that I guess is a game <laughs> system. Yeah. But these are sitting on the surfboard while he's surfing on a wave. And it like, I still strongly question this creative choice. Like it just not, does not relay to me what I think it, uh, this mascot should relay, you know what I mean? For what they're he's, offering. Yeah. Somehow he's surfing to you, delivering yeah. your games via yeah. surf. So, Oh, okay. is that what he's, Oh my God, that, 
I did, that did not even cross my mind, dude. That he that's the, that's the only way it makes sense but to me. Like, why does yeah. he need the thing then? He, if he's not if he's delivering games, why does he need the system? The game if if he just had the game bag on, I, I'll listen to you on that. But he doesn't need the thing on the surfboard or on the island. And yeah, he's not even active in the first one. The first one he's laying down right. here. I would listen to he's surfing to deliver the game. Maybe he's playing listen. while he's on the surfboard, bro. Like you're going so. you're going from Australia, United States. He's got to do yeah. something while he's surfing. You know, get he's a magical game. dinosaur. Okay. Okay. Magical, <laughs> magical, so yeah. okay. Sold. I answered it. Question answered. <laughs> Next issue shit is for the NES. We have Spot, Captain Skyhawk, Thunderbirds, Boulder Dash, Skater Die 2, Eek on that lineup. Genesis, we have Populous, Budokan, Target Earth, and Pat Riley Basketball. And what? No SMS? No Sega? What the fuck? Not teasing anything for that? That's fucked up. Maybe, do you think this is it? You think that's like, do you think that was the last time we'll ever see it? The fucking Alex Kidd and Shinobi World? I want to say yes. Like, I feel like something else could come out, but like, what would that be at this point? You know, like, no, I I think they. I think you they know. mentioned they don't they tease I think they tease Psycho Fox. Something's some got to come out still. I yeah, feel Psycho. Like still yeah, no, no. The, yeah, Psycho Fox is the comic strip, the game Adventures of Game Pro game. So they're, I guess. Oh, so yeah. Th- that doesn't so. mean they'll have pro views, but it it definitely means they're not dead to them yet. Although they have to plan the next because they have to tell you what's next, so they have to plan the comic further back. Yeah. Then they have to plan the pro view. So it's possible. It's still possible. I don't think that negates the possibility. <laughs> but it does suggest at least that it's not dead to them. So, you know. Even if even if they, you know, like, even if maybe they were getting there on that front when they were, like, doing the layout of the mag and they had the comic, they're like, oh, fucking SMS. We got to do something. We can't, you know. <laughs> we can't just right. fucking just totally, can't be dead to us if we're going to have it in the comic, you know. So I feel like they would they would do a just like a throwaway one just to for that reason but we shall see the inside back cover has a full pager for some irim flying space shmup dog shit called image fight in july <laughs> so it's fair game i fired it up it fucking sucks it plays fine even kind of like I, I like the the little attack backwards your sprite has with the propulsion thing i kind of yeah. cool to me but these games are all fucking horrible, and they're the exact same thing over and over and over again. Irims, in particular, are very low-budget feeling. Like, this particular developer is especially generic and meh, you know? Hey, at this point, if you're beyond page, like, 60, you're just, at this point, you yeah. know, you're just not even worth, I'm not even going to look at you. Like, if you're in a pro view or something, that's one thing. But if you're in an ad at the very end of the game pro, Oh, I don't say much about rough, your prospects. Rough sled. Unless you're the back cover, and the back cover is Tenjin pitching ISOH game at Balum RBI Baseball 2. And that's well, a good game. Okay. That is from Double Dragon 2 on the NES. Uh, Mission 1 into the turf. Bringing us in to the nominations. I went first last time. All right. I remember. So my, We're recording at a clip now that's fast enough for me to remember that part of my life. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Yeah. Um, first and foremost, Atomic Robo Kid. Way more fun than I expected, like I said. 
I think if you give it a go, it's it was surprisingly good. Again, for me, playing the game on the Genesis is kind of fun because I just didn't have a whole lot of exposure to that outside of really this podcast and going. You want you want you want another flying shmup. You really want to do that right now, especially one that's even mu- maybe even potentially sus. It is it is potentially sus. I would <laughs> but again, when when we go through magazines like this, and it, it I, I've I've been starting to think a little bit differently about this. When we see some of the same games over and over, it's kind of like, okay, I know that paid placements, you know, the companies are paying for these, you know, the magazines are trying to fill out their magazine with relevant material, but I don't know, man, this is, <laughs> this is one of those ones that they put it out there, I don't, I don't know, I don't know how to explain it, like, you just, I feel like you just need to give it a go, like, it just, that's all I can really say about it. So I did not I did not fiddle hard with it. So yeah. you know, I'm not, so I, would I, not I, I would not argue that I've experienced the whole shkabo. Yeah, I I don't know cuz I don't know. When I first tried it it seemed very similar to a lot of other games we played. Like if I had just played it for the first couple of seconds I would have just been like ah. And maybe if I'd had the the cart before I would have assumed that like oh I've already had this clearly I played it before. But I didn't. And so I kind of just forced myself to play a little longer than I did. And yeah, it was fun. But then I think I, I, think I died. Yeah, I died really fast. <laughs> so, no, I, I want to say it's like a one hit mechanic or something. Like yeah. I could be wrong. But yeah. but there's weapons that kind of help with that, if I remember correctly. Yeah, so. I mean, yeah. I definitely, like, it didn't, definitely did not get down the fucking weapon progression tree. There's no fucking question about that. <laughs> but more fun than that, I will say. <laughs> Alex Kidd and Shinobi World. Yeah. I mean, we talked about it. it just, yeah. I couldn't believe it. It's Shinobi. It's Ninja Alex Kidd. Like, Alex I Kidd. Kinda, I kind of want to drop it in there. I didn't have the balls to do it, though. I didn't have the balls <laughs> to do it. Yeah. Alex Kidd. And then uh, third on my list was Moonwalker. I, I, I was originally, until I came across Moonwalker, I was thinking Batman because it showed back up. But then I saw Moonwalker. And it was more fun than I thought it would would be because again, this is a, a game as somebody who never had the Genesis growing up that I would see. Did I was you a huge say Michael Batman? Jackson fan. Did you say Batman? No, 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 Moonwalker. Sorry, I, I was a huge Michael Jackson fan growing okay. up, but I never had the Genesis. So like, I would see that game, and it, it looked fun. You know, I was like, oh, I wish I could play that if I had a Genesis. And so when I played it the other day, it's so weird. Like, I I need to. You know, get an actual instruction manual because you're spinning, you're doing the moves. Yeah. He's got magical hat like stuff is going on. You can make the other like, fuckers dance. Like, it's, yeah, like, like what is that? Going on, yeah. Like what is happening? But I had fun the whole time, so yeah. I can't. I don't even know what to say about that. Like I can't even believe it. I thought it was going to be cheesy and corny. <laughs> a lot of fun. It's, yeah, exactly. That was exactly my exact response as well. Yeah, man. I I, <laughs> I really want to play it, and I almost want to just end podcast there and say, okay, let's do it then. Because I, yeah, it's fucking, I think it, I, okay, I want to listen to music. I want to play the game. <laughs> I, I want to talk about a whole bunch of weird Mike Jackson shit. I want yeah. to, yeah, see all those crazy cutscenes. Uh, it's going to be phenomenal posts. It's going to be a goddamn social media bonanza. It's going to be a blast. <laughs> the dialogue we'll have with that is going to be a fucking blast, you know. Uh, probably going to be some inappropriate people to go too far with some things, but. I'm here for that too. <laughs> Michael Jackson, you gotta take yeah. the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you can. <laughs> if you want, you can't. Have, you got can't have your cake and eat it too. You gotta fucking, you know. 
Yeah, I gotta fucking <sighs> gotta, gotta take the lumps with the fucking whatever. Yeah. I'm sure there's a, a counterpoint to that. That's a saying, but I don't remember what it is. Uh, yeah, okay, copy that. Uh, I had four for some dumb reason. I don't know really. I don't know why I couldn't get below. Another, I, I know which one I should have lopped off, but I didn't want to for some reason. So I have Adventures of Lolo two for okay, the okay. aforementioned reasonings. I have Moonwalker. I have Super Spike V Ball on the NES. Oh, yeah. So that that was a little bit of left field. It was just an ad appearance. Uh, I don't even think we said the words mm. in the entire recording. The seven hour podcast definitely so, did not yeah i don't think we said it a single time but it's i own it it's a fun game it's it it's a really fun game actually and yeah man it's just i it's i think we'd have and that's a two that's a that's definitely a co-op one that we can have oh, a fucking blast with man. and do do turn up with and I, I i i do like even the tournament mode like there's not not a lot of meat on the bone for shit to talk about it's a little bit of a short game probably so Maybe that's a reason. We are coming through the end of a uh, side quest, a major side quest. So it could could be good timing to to have something. Throw a sports game, yeah, a lighter sports game. Yeah, so so yeah, light fair or uh, what the fuck? I'm trying to think of looting. What I'm trying to say here. So there's that one, and then Rocket Ranger. I had in here too. I want to play it. It's probably too much time. I'm getting. <laughs> It's probably too much. It's, it's like it's super. It's one of those things. It's like, what's another title that's been like this? That's like, you know, just so much going on that's interesting and intriguing. And if it were like, like you know what it, you know what it is like that's something. Like I don't want to play it actually. What I want to do is I want to turn on a playthrough of it on YouTube while I'm going to sleep. That's what I want to do. And that it, this is the, it's not what this list is. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's yeah. yeah that's it's probably yeah. not at all would not at all be a great game experience. I think it'd be a ton of shit to talk about. And I think I think you might experience a good story if you can handle and have and and, and weather all the all the reading. things you got to do to get through <laughs> yeah. the reading, but also just the. I'm guessing. While seemingly good and interesting, the play mechanic it would get incredibly repetitive. I think because I don't think it changes. I, I think that mm. flying thing, like yeah, the shit you're flying at changes, but it's not going to change the what you do or how it plays very much. And I don't think that that I don't think there's another. I mean, yeah, you got to go back to the screens and you fucking you know the map thing and you got to like I said, you got the resource management shit and all that. But the actual gameplay I think might be get really repetitive. So it's probably. A reason to not do that to ourselves. Mm, makes sense. I mean, I don't know, man. That's Moonwalker is the obvious overlap, but then I, I'm so intrigued by Super Spike V Ball. I have, yeah. Have, like, so yeah, what was your experience with it? Oh man, so it, it's on the Nintendo Switch Online. If you have yep. the NES and Super, yep. so yep. Like and Cup. since it, it, so is World Cup. It's on. It's a, the my. I have the combo. It's a combo card for World Cup. Yeah, and, yeah. So I mean, obviously, I've had it played it through emulation. But then, also, I played it just with the standard NES controllers that I bought for the Switch, just because you know native. I was like, let me try that, and I've had a blast with that game. Like I've I've played that Super game over the last shit, two years. You blow those fuckers yeah. up. Yeah, it's it's cool, dude. Yeah, it's it's it's, I, it's, it's a really uh, well done game, and you can super block too. You can get up and yes, yeah, it's, your dude still gets blown up, but the ball goes. It's fucking. It's great. It's a it's a really really fun game. 
Um, I mean, as somebody who played volleyball, you know, on volleyball teams growing up, like it's it's so much fun. Like I, the idea of playing that like two player, like anytime I could play two player, that's fun too. So I, it's it's so intriguing to me. I ah, that's yeah. I, I didn't expect that. Yeah. So yeah, Sam Salem, but yeah, I, that's something. Uh, I don't. I wouldn't say I play a ton of it, but like every now and again when I get find myself in a sand volleyball game, I am having a fucking blast the whole time. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a super fun activity for sure. Uh, and I think they captured, you know, they, like the, the essence of it is captured well by NES, whatever, you know, the constraints of an NES. I think it, they do a good job of getting that, all the stuff in there. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I kind of feel like I almost want to say we should play Moonwalker for the episode and then just, we should just play, Fucking, <laughs> just just play. play. We should just get on a combo game and play Super Spike V-Ball. Uh, because, you know, again, I think it would be a blast to play. But yeah. I think 20 minutes into it, we're going to be like, okay. That's it. I'm all set on Super Spike V-Ball, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, we, you know, we have to do Moonwalker at some point. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what you're scared of. Like, uh, yes, we are coming yeah. out of a side quest. But that is, for that exact reason, we're going to record that next. Hopefully next weekend. Uh, I don't think Jab ever answered that, or was did Jab say? I, I can't remember who, what what verdict was there, but um, if we do that next weekend, we are done with that, you know. So that will leave only this on mm. our plate. We're definitely not going to start a side quest right away. So the, you know, the logic that, that I think that's going away. I think that's actually a a reason to take on something with a little more substance to it. You know what I mean? And yeah, there's just so much that we just like that game has to. We both have this lack of fucking. Uh, exposure and 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 being versed in it and really diving into it, we both have that. So we're both playing it from this same like I want more of this perspective. Yes. So I think, <laughs> I think that's gonna push us through any like whatever cumbersome work bullshit we have. Like I mean, I, yeah, I got a I got a shitty week, but I should calm down after this week uh, as far as my the demands of my time go. So um, I'm not terribly worried about that um, or the side quest. So yeah, I I think I think we should just fucking stop dicking around think, think put on the soundtrack right now and tell me we're not playing moonwalker <laughs> moonwalker it is let's go <laughs> yeah, okay all right, all right. Yeah, let's do it moonwalker then fuck it there's no reason to dick around okay so we will do that next we will play moonwalker on the sega genesis and then we will be getting a little wild on the sega side of things by going neo retro via sega mania issue one to fill our Sega Visions void that we we have with them still being bi-monthly. And you can subscribe to the pod on the platform provided whatever dumbest company serves up your pottery. Please rate and leave positive shit for the pod on plat- on whatever platform you do listen to our nonsense on. The website is nyhentertainment.com forward slash isohpod. You can email us directly at isohpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow the pod and banter with us on the Facebook page, the Instagram, the subreddit, and talk shit to us about our gameplay videos on the YouTube. The links to all those will be in the show notes. And we don't have a Patreon, but if you like giving money to things podcasters tell you to, I would like to do so at our direction. The Able Gamers Foundation creates custom gaming rigs for gamers with disabilities, and that is cool as fuck. TheAbleGamers.org is the URL where you can find them. And the t-shirts on the website, they're dope. And proceeds on those after pot expenses go to Able Gamers. Jay, socials. Gentleman JB without the second E. That is my gamer tag. That is my Facebook, Instagram. That's where you find me. But let me know if you're gonna if you're gonna invite me to games. Let me know because I've gotten some invites to some games recently, and I'm like, I don't know who these people are, 
would like to know. Like if that if that's where you're finding me because of this, let me know. Shoot me a shoot me a message. <laughs> Identify yourself, stranger. I would happily happily join, but let me know. <laughs> and uh, you can find me on Twitter at Josh Fullen, on Instagram at my shift key is broke, and my Oculus gamer tag is also my shift key is broke. If you want to get hammered in El Diablo, uh, <laughs> the new course on Walkabout Mini Golf. Okay, bye. Bye. Thank you.